Holman, I got to say that I am pretty pumped on this episode, and here's why. Trevor Milton turns out to be a man of his word. Uh, I like that. I like dealing with people who uh, tell you something, promise you something, and then deliver. So if you guys don't recall, a few episodes ago, we had Trevor Milton, who is the CEO and the founder of Nikola Motor. Now, they're the company that uh, promises to change the world with their electric and hydrogen vehicles, namely the Badger, the truck that we were both salivating over, but thought, eh, is this really going to come to fruition? Well, it turns out we think it is because Holman and I saw it. Well, we got well, a, we, we, we didn't see the we truck. We got a we, private tour of Nikola. We got to uh, ride in the semi-truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a bunch of mock-ups. We saw the design center. We saw the amazing uh, state-of-the-art fabrication in fa- R&D facilities. I've never seen a CNC machine that big, ever. Yeah. I didn't even know that they made right, well, one don't, that big. Don't give away oh, the really? whole episode right uh, now. Okay, okay. No, okay. Bottom line, Trevor Milton from Nikola, CEO, said, I want you guys to come out. I'm going to give you a personal tour. I want to show you that what we're doing isn't vaporware and that what we're doing is actually real. And then within a week of the uh, podcast, his people reached out and said, Trevor wants to make this happen. Will you guys come out to Arizona? Guess what you and I did? We drove to freaking Phoenix. And the timing was perfect because I had to show my kid around the ASU campus. And it's like we did two things in one weekend. It was, it was ideal. Holman, we didn't talk about this, but 10% of me, 15% was like, they're totally going to pawn us off on a PR person. Because remember when we went upstairs, first of all, it's a crazy place. Which we'll, you'll hear. We go inside. We sit down. They feed us tacos and some food. Where It's just you and I sitting there. And one of the guys comes up. We start talking about UTVs and off-road and the whole thing. Yeah, that was Michael, the president of uh, their uh, power sports division. Yes, right. Okay. And then Jace, one of the PR guys, says, oh, well, Trevor will be out in a minute. And I thought, oh, we're going to get so Yeah, he's going to come shake our hands, and then he's going to go back and to work. And then he's going to bail. But, dude, no. flash forward a few minutes. Here he comes. Yeah. He's like, let's go on the tour. And we spent the next hour and a half with him. Which is uh, which is a phenomenal. So, anyway, not to give too much away about the episode, but first got to thank our sponsors, especially our presenting sponsor, Nissan, mm-hmm. who brings this show to you every week. So, if you're in the market for a new half-ton or a half-ton plus truck, check out the Titan. Check out the Titan XD. Or if you need a little truck, the new Frontier, the 2020, should be hitting dealerships any day now with the new 3.8, V6, and 9-speed combo. The Titans also have the industry's best factory warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles. If you're in the market for a new truck, head on over to NissanUSA.com and uh, check out their build and price configurator and make the Nissan of your dreams. Can I have a Fender audio system? Yes, you can. Can I have uh, zero-gravity seats? Uh, You may. Can I have Utilitrack? You should. Can I have a Platinum Reserve? I don't know how much reserve you have in your uh, bank account. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, Nissan, great reliability, great value, great trucks. Again, check them out, NissanUSA.com. And uh, speaking of sponsors, uh, we got to thank our buddies over at Decked. Listen, if you guys have one of those rickety old plywood-like storage boxes that you made in shop class rattling around in the truck bed, that's lame. Or the one your kid made for you for Father's Day? I mean, that's cool. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, how do you get rid of that? You know what you do is you put you, uh, you leave your tailgate down and you accelerate really fast and those rusty nails will break and it'll slide out the back. And well, go, just but how do, you, how do you tell the kid that you got rid of it, right? I mean, no. It was an accident. Oh, yeah. It's an accident. Yeah. So then you had to replace Somebody it. Somebody stole it. Oh, I know. It was so good. That somebody stole it out of the back of your truck, and you had to go replace it with the only thing that was uh, commensurate to that, and that would be a decked storage solution. Yeah, so here's the thing about a decked. Whether you have baseballs and bats and gloves, or you've got 
uh, fishing scuba poles? gear, fishing poles, guns? guns, tools, and you need it locked and stored away, but and weatherproof. And you need to be able to put your two thousand pounds on top. That is a decked system, my friends. If it sounds at all enticing to you, which it should, go to decked.com. And make your truck more useful. Now, my friends, it's time to start the show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, Holman, before we launch into our tour of Nikola, I wanted to kind of set the stage because we're going to go through some vehicles. And it occurs to me that you and I didn't really articulate too well what we were looking at here. So in advance, I want to run through some of the vehicles that we discussed in the next hour. So first up is the truck. Now, that is the one that got all of our attention. That's called the Badger. You can see it at NikolaMotor.com. We're most looking forward to that truck. It'll be available in electric and a electric hydrogen hybrid. Next up is the NZT Net Zero Toll. Now that is a side-by-side on steroids, basically. It's an off-road vehicle in several configurations. Then there's the Wave, which is the coolest Wave Runner you've ever seen, and it's also electric. And then on the truck lineup, we saw a bunch of semi-trucks. So there's the Nikola 1, which is the uh, sleeper cab. Then what we saw was the Nikola 2, which is what we got a ride in. That is the uh, fully electric and hydrogen fuel cell day cab semi-truck. And then we also saw the Nikola Trey, which is a cab over. So kind of that one is a transformer. Yeah, your European style, like straight up and down, no long nose on it or anything like that. That thing looks crazy in, in person. All gloss black. It is straight out of Transformers. It's a Decepticon for sure. Yeah, you walk in the lobby and that thing is imposing when you walk in and you're like, oh, we're going to see that. <laughs> like, you don't have a sense of scale. It's the same maximum height as all other, uh, you know, semi trucks, except it's vertical. So you just see it. It's all, a wall. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a climbing wall. It really is. <laughs> Although we weren't allowed to climb on no. it. All right. So I just want to set the stage with who we spoke with. So obviously, CEO Trevor Milton. So if you're familiar with episode 118, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, Go listen to that episode, then come back to this one, because I think you'll have a lot more context about our visit, which is really cool. <laughs> Are you telling them to go away and come back? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because Pause you'll here. want to. You'll want to. You'll want to hear 118. All right. Uh, and then uh, Michael Erickson, who is the president of Power Sports. So he's got the Wave, the NZT, as well as Badger. And then we also talked to Andrew Christian, who- Is he the drill sergeant? He goes by Andy. Okay. Yeah. He was the dude that looked like he could kill us. Uh, you know, he was plotting our, our death if either of us made the wrong move. I felt like he could have killed me with his eyes. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's in charge of uh, Nikola Defense, and so he had the uh, the Alpha. They gave us really important people within the organization to talk to, and I, did, I still don't know why. I know why. Why? Because we're not smart enough to do anything bad with the information. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Holman, this is spectacular. I am uh, I'm very impressed, and we just entered the building here at Nikola. Uh, did you enter through the giant roll-up door that's big enough for a semi-truck? I didn't. I think we walked into the man door, but we By the way, it is a man door. It's like uh, four times the size of a regular door. (laughs) This place is impressive. And then I turn right, and a Decepticon in all its glory is staring at me. You know those aren't real, right? 
Yes, this one is. This one is. Yeah, no, this one is. It, it this, is a super badass. This is a Nikola semi. So cab and over. then we look to our left, and who's standing here? Mr. Trevor Milton himself. Yeah, well, it I, really is real. It'll change. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get so lucky that the uh, CEO of the company is greeting us at the door of his uh, new headquarters? Uh, <laughs> I, it didn't actually happen that actually, way. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the office, and we waited just hey, like you're ma- supposed to. And then he came down editing. Okay, no, no, no. I mean, Why let's be honest. <laughs> Look, it's awesome having you guys here. No joke. Like this is this is really fun because I get to show you guys everything about Nikola, how everything happens here, and I think it's cool because what you'll see today in this building and also the final product is a facility unlike any other in the world. And people have wondered why we, you know, how we've actually done what we've done. After the tour today, you'll see why. It's pretty cool. Well, uh, I'm I'm told that half of it will be under embargo for the future, so uh, we're just going to enjoy it. And uh, you know, sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask. So we're, we, we drove six hours from L.A. and we ended up in Phoenix, beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. How and why Phoenix? Um, man, there's a lot of reasons why Phoenix. We, we originally started in Utah, but Utah, it was, it, they didn't have a lot of manufacturing expertise, a very software-oriented company, but manufacturing was never really um, built into their DNA. And, and the unemployment level in Utah was so low at the time. We're like, there's no way we can hire 5,000 people here. Wow. There's no, literally everyone has jobs in Utah, you know, at least up in where we were in Salt Lake. So we, what we really wanted to do was come in, a, um, in an area where we had a lot bigger population. We needed somewhere with a lot of people. And, you know, there's more people in the state, in the city of Phoenix than there is in the entire state of, of Utah. So that was a big one. Also, Arizona State University, ASU, getting there, um, being able to teach their kids, you know, coming through the college students, coming through the programs. They have a lot of, they have a fuel cell program. They have automotive engineering programs. They already know this stuff. And so we wanted to recruit straight out of ASU. And the best part is, you know, it's uh, showing up here in, in, in Arizona. You're the only one here. You do have Lucid that has starting a factory, sure. but they're not their main focus here. So our, our entire organism of Nikola is all here in, in Phoenix, right? So you're kind of the only, you're the only person here. So you don't have to worry about your employees getting recruited away from 25 other automotive manufacturers down the road. Those are 10 points I wouldn't have ever thought about. Well, it's kind of like uh, why some of the, uh, the, the companies, the tech startups went to Austin early yeah. on, right? Yeah, it's kind of why I went to some of the dances where I knew that, you know, the jocks weren't there. You know, I'd get a, <laughs> I'd get a date fair, afterwards. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. All right. Before we before we start, I just want to say thank you, because uh, most of our listeners think that we have horrible follow through, like sending them stickers and T-shirts or talking to well, a guest. For the most and, part, that is true. And, or, right. And, and by, you know, for good reason. But I appreciate you following through with us and saying, no, seriously, I want you guys to come down because we're here and we're Although looking at real things. we drove and we weren't helicoptered. So <laughs> well, well, I mean, we're starting at a deficit. Right, we'll, we'll give them a we'll We'll give him a uh, happy on that one. That is true. You will be helicoptered in for the Badger. Okay, that's a different. That one is a, is probably the most secure conversation we have here at Nikola is the Badger. Uh, the world has seen the Nikola Tray and the Nikola Two, um, all which you get a CT, which is really amazing. Um, the Nikola Badger, the program is just phenomenal. It'll it'll blow your blow your mind. It's unlike anything you've seen. Well, I'm going to be the judge of that, Trevor. How do you feel, Trevor? (laughs) So the Badger was like our kind of gateway drug into Nikola. And now we don't want to leave. Yeah, but but you had been working on so many other projects for years prior. So do you feel like, why didn't you pay attention to us sooner? It took a truck to get you involved? No, no. I mean, look, a lot of people don't know about Nikola, which is actually kind of the fun part. The story is just phenomenal. Uh, Started in my garage, truly, in my basement, my garage. And it was a good thing I wasn't married at the time. I mentioned this on the podcast, but our house is full of computers. 
And so a lot of people had no idea the story started in my basement in my garage and we packed the whole house full of people. And this was for like six months or almost a year. Wow. So it wasn't like we did this for a storyline. It was truly just a, a, a true startup. And at that time I was like, I'm, I'm like halfway in, you know, like my legs are halfway in. I'm like, okay, I think we've got something here, but like I never really knew if we we're gonna hit a home run. And so I didn't want to go out and spend, you know, all this money on big facilities or, or rent or whatever. And so we just worked out of my house. And, uh, and that storyline of, of coming from nothing, truly, out of the garage, out of the basement, to where we are today, probably 90% of America doesn't even know about it yet. And that's the funnest part because now I get to like, now they can actually see the end result like you guys get to see today. And it's, it's amazing that like that story gets to be told by people, even like you that are even that you know you're integrated into this industry and even you guys now you know you're just you're coming into the story which is awesome well let's so first off let's walk over here and let's let's go through the showroom or can we yes should we start with this yeah so this is the nikola tray the the nikola tray is a european cab over and it's actually going to be available uh here in the u.s as well so a lot of cities like san francisco you know chicago new york they don't have the room for the big semi trucks this is the first you know cab overs went away a long time ago because they were looking really for aerodynamics and they were also looking for bigger areas for drivers to sleep in their trucks. Well, in Europe, cab overs are everything. everything yeah. They race them. They race them. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And they go sideways in these trucks in Europe. It's, I mean, these guys are talented. So we, what we did is we're bringing the cab over back and it's really awesome. This is a pure battery electric vehicle. It can be ordered in battery or hydrogen fuel cell as well. But what most people don't know, this is the, one of the coolest parts, Nikola is the first automotive manufacturer in the world to come out with a full productionized 300 plus mile zero emission semi truck anywhere. We beat Tesla, we beat Volvo, we beat Daimler, we beat every single group. That's amazing because people, you know, today we got hammered by Seeking Alpha. They, I mean, they just came out after us like a. I read it was, that. It's like a. Wait, wait, it was like hammered a, by who? Seeking Alpha. Oh, so. Seeking Alpha. It was like the firing squad. They were like, let's 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 like assassinate Nikola. It was hilarious. <laughs> I saw your post on LinkedIn and I just went, hey, I'm gonna go there today. I'll maybe I should call Seeking Alpha and tell them what's uh, really was, going on. It was funny though because they were literally like just everything you could think of to try to destroy our name and our brand they did today it was why yeah they're just telling everyone that we are vaporware we're not real we we're not going to deliver we're all full of crap like we're not worth anything it was like and i was kind of giggling because here i am we beat tesla we beat volvo we beat daimler we have a full productionized validated truck and you have contracts with the anheuser-busch deal too so there's actually real 14 billion dollars yeah. worth of worth of uh you know lease reservations I, that have that are in i read a story yesterday um about nikola that said that all of the pre-ipo excitement yeah is we talked about the value being like three and a half billion dollars yeah. the article's like it could be in excess of 20. Yeah. i mean that's like just insane numbers yeah, so I mean, ultimately, the, 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 the way the merger really works is post money, every $10 the stock goes up, the company's worth about $4 billion. So right now, the wow. stock's up around tw a little over $20, right? So that means it's, it's over between eight and 10 billion-ish right now. If the merger were to happen today, obviously coming up to the merger, I believe that there's gonna be some good, really good upside in the, in, in the company. But it was amazing because they hammered us yeah, are, are these are, are these uh, Tesla fanboys people that tried to shoot holes in in, in Tesla early on, or the or traditionalists? No, I, I think they're truly just these. I think a lot of them are, are stockbrokers and analysts that are looking for ways to short your stock to make money. Oh, got it. Or or to just cause controversy. They had no desire to report the facts. The facts are we're going to have seven hundred fifty plus million dollars in our account. We we have no debt. You know, wow. we have fourteen billion dollars in pre-order reservations for our truck. We have hard orders for our trucks. 
We have the first ever zero emission semi-truck in production in the world. It's, our factory is being finalized in Ulm, Germany right now. We're two to five years ahead of our competition and they're bitching or complaining about like, <laughs> you know, all these guys are fake. And I'm just like, I cannot, I posted photos on my, on my Twitter today. And I posted, so you just can't even wrap your head around it. It's, 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 they, they truly just despise you because they're like, how dare you be worth this much money? Yet you look at Tesla's worth 150 billion or whatever. And we're, we're kicking everyone's butt around the world with zero emission semi-trucks. We're the leaders of it, hands down. So you get to see that right here. This is the, this is the first truck we ever built to make sure we like the style and the design of it. And, and the scale. Yeah, the well, scale. tell me about the, the design. This is unlike anything anyone has ever seen on the road. It, I wanted to name it truly Optimus Prime, right? It was like our desire was to name this thing Optimus Prime because it looks like a transformer. It looks like it's ready to eat you, but it's like, it's gorgeous. It's got beautiful lines. The colors are beautiful. It's got great aerodynamics. It's got incredible lighting that you can, you'll know it's a Nikola from a mile away. And that's something we, we wanted to change everything we knew about trucking, not just, okay, so let me, let me back up five seconds. One, this one guy interviewed me one time. He says, he says, how do you know, when you, how do you know you're going to become a, a, you know, a billionaire in life? And I said, if you can take an industry that's incredibly unattractive or ugly, and you can turn it into something gorgeous, you'll become a billionaire. That's, that's the answer. Taxis. Podcast. Uber. Bam. Done. <laughs> Podcast. All right, we're not even out of the lobby. We got to do a tour. I know. Right, so, yeah. all right, Fascinated you, no by more, this thing. You can't, you can't ask any more questions until right. Trevor goes through the uh, lobby with the rest okay, of Okay, all right. But that was my, my goal here is really to show you guys. This, was, this is a full-scale model. So this was a model built to show the size, the dimensions, the aerodynamics, the vision, the color, everything about it. And we nailed it. And once we nailed it, we knew we had it. We're, we're going to be sold out for, I, I can't tell you how long, but we'll probably sell more trucks than, I mean, we'll probably sell more trucks than we'll ever be able to build for the next 10 years. Will it also be a Veco here in the States? Or are you partnering with anybody else? How no, does that work? It's all Nikola here in the okay. U.S. and it's all Nikola in Europe, but Iveco's our joint venture partner. Got it. So Iveco's amazing because what they did is they brought us a multi-billion dollar chassis done and we, we were able to revise the whole thing and reskin it inside, outside, put all of our tech, technology in it and, and build the batteries from the ground up the right way. And now what that did is it allows us, that's why I laugh when people say they're gonna come in with a truck and they're gonna compete with us. Good luck, five years minimum before you have a truck that won't fall apart on the road. If you think building a car is hard, it is 10 times more hard for a truck because you have an 80,000 pound gross vehicle weight yep. load, beating the living hell out of the truck and the whole thing, I, Look, I, I love my electric vehicles. I have a, I have a, right now I have a Jaguar I-Pace and for five years I had a Tesla, a Model S. Amazing car, but I could, ever, there wasn't a single panel in my car that didn't fall apart, including even my, even my Jag, I'm getting issues all over the place. What's really great about the, uh, about the relationship with Iveco is we took something that was completely validated, multi-billions of dollars worth of stuff, and we're kicking everyone's butt. We're the first one in the world to market. Do you have access with their distribution as well? We do. I've, I've been asked before, what do you think Tesla's biggest mistake was? Honestly, if I, if, I don't even know Elon. If I ever did, I would tell him, you should have gone with the dealer network. You would have, you would have been a, a trillion dollar company by now, but you were so worried about your own network that you, you, you would have more cars sold, instant service. You would be a trillion dollar company right now if you, if you went with the dealership network. And he, he, that's like complete opposite. Yeah. He, he despises the dealer network. For sure. So we're, we just have different philosophies. What did you know about trucking before you started this adventure personally? No more questions. Oh, God. We're, he's got to leave in like an hour. <laughs> okay, Last sorry. On this one. So what do we, what I know, so I came from the natural gas and hydrogen industry. We were building natural gas for semi-trucks. Before that, I came from the recalibration of diesel engines on big, big semi-trucks. For over 10 years now, I've been 
head deep in, in off, you know, in, in heavy duty trucking. So it's my world. It's my cup of tea. I can tell you almost every nut and bolt on my truck and exactly what we pay for it. And that's a difference between someone who's been focused on heavy duty trucking and who understands how to build a real semi truck. So this is the Nikola uh, one right here. This was the first truck we ever built. And this truck was designed to be a, a sleeper cab to where drivers would actually be sleeping and living in the truck. Now we will still offer some type of sleeper cab for drivers, but in the future here, in the next five to 10 years, almost everything's gonna become um, autonomous. So the, the idea of providing sleeping quarters for drivers is, is gone. Now, a lot of people say, man, are you gonna, you're gonna have tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people or millions of drivers lose their job is totally a lie. And here's the reason why. Your autonomous trucks will do all the stuff that drivers hate doing anyways. That's being away from your kids, your, you know, your, your soccer practice, your ballet practice, whatever. Now the drivers can stay in the city and distribute loads through the city for 12 hours a day and go home to their wife and their kids. The autonomous trucks will be moving everything on the so freeways. So it's like a hub and spoke. So basically 100%. it's going to distribution. So the drivers today will be doing the day deliveries, day cab sort of stuff, while the autonomous trucks deliver the loads between big major 100%. Hubs. And that's what Nikola's entire business model is based upon. This is a different shape, obviously, that you've got a cab over versus a more traditional style. Yeah, this was the first one, and, and the, the new one you're going to see is outside today. I mean, so I'll, okay. I'll, we're going to take you for a ride. It's an, it's an amazing truck. But this was, the, this was the proof of concept to prove that electric motors could go on the wheels. So come over here, and you can see these electric motors. What are we seeing here be behind the, the cab? Fuel cell. That's a fuel cell back there. Wow. So these right here are the electric motors. These go so we're looking at a huge chunks of billet. billet yeah. yeah. This was the first ones we ever did. We, we had to carve them out of billet aluminum in order to you know to build these because the cost of casting something like that would be so expensive until you get to production so all this was carved out of billet aluminum the new production units are more powerful than this right here and they're one quarter the size so we've we've scaled this down to something where it's built into the frame rail now you would never even see it above the frame rail anymore that was a requirement in our production was you don't want anything above the frame rail and so everything is built into the frame rail now, and this thing is like a third or you know of the size now. The new one. This thing's independent rear suspension. It is. Oh, I saw that. It's incredible. That's cool. You guys know. About I mean, that. that's, yeah, that's look, that's look at the. I don't I mean, think the, I have the ever upper seen, and lower control arms are yeah. just gargantuan. Ever seen a semi that had independent suspension? No, it's the actually the only semi truck in the world with full independent suspension wow. system. And what's awesome about that is this thing feels like a Ferrari to drive. So today, you guys get to drive a full independent suspension. <laughs> it is so cool. We don't get to drive, but you get to ride in it. So. Okay, all right. So, that's fine. That's fine. You're, you're lucky you're even here. And tell us about the, uh, the equivalent horsepower torque output. This thing is a... So we have to tune it down, but the, I come from the, uh, the aerospace industry. I'm Boo! <laughs> Stupid pilots. Well, I heard, I heard about that Trevor guy. He's all about less power. Yeah. So this thing is 2,000 horsepower. Look at, 2000. Look so at it's, the CV shafts. Look yeah. at, I mean, just the, the axles. It's, it's insanity. This thing is four, Reservoir shocks. three to four times more powerful than almost any diesel on the road right now. So what we do is you overbuild it for, for, for longevity. And then the truck, when you run it, it doesn't even, it doesn't have stress on it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the cool thing about that. Coming out of the gate, you'll get, you know, you can get anywhere from five. We'll probably allow fleets to have somewhere between five and 800 horsepower available. And that'll be based on what the fleet wants with their insurance companies. So you started with a blank piece of paper on this one or no? We did. A lot of people ask, why didn't you start with another chassis? Because you can't build an electric vehicle the right way from another chassis. With our Nikola Tray, which is the European truck with the Veco, we had to 
we got to keep their cab, but the rest of it was complete redesign. The cab in that front area is the it, like the front suspension is in power steering is the stuff that takes like years to, to perfect. Well, it's already packaged for an internal combustion engine when you're doing fuel cells and hydrogen, all that changes. Yep. I mean, we've we've been to Cummins where we've been seeing some of the stuff that they're working on yep. using existing chassis and, and trying to figure it out. There's definitely compromises that come there with is. that. Yeah, a lot of weight and a lot of space wasted. So we got rid of it all. So we offer both battery and hydrogen and we can package them both in that truck. So let's, I'm gonna, right now I'm gonna take you guys. Look at the ass end of, I'm sorry, the rear end of this truck. <laughs> yeah, Incredible. Cool. Do you you wanna, hey, look at me, yeah. Look at me in the eyes. Yes. Do you wanna go see other cool stuff? I'm sorry, let's okay. go. Okay, I get it. Damn, damn. All right, so this right here was one of the first, this is the first uh, off-road vehicle really that we designed. Uh, we've been working on this for about three to four years. And this was this is a pure electric. Imagine a, a player's razor. A lot of people know what that is. They go out in the, the sand dunes or the trails and they drive these off-road vehicles. This vehicle was designed to be the competitor to the player's razor, but even built to be your own vehicle as well. Not just an off-road, but on-road as well. So this was the first built, once again, full mock-up. What you see in here are all mock-ups. And then the real ones are actually in the back, and that's the that's the fun stuff. But come come look at how the quality of the inside of this. Okay. In a Polaris Razor, you would never see this. You would That's, never see screens. You'd never see, you know, a clean automotive engineering. You'd never see air conditioning, heating. You wish your C20 was this clean. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is gorgeous inside. Very futuristic, but looks very usable. Yeah, it's huge. And it also can fit someone who's about six foot nine in this thing. In a Polaris Razor, if you're over six foot, your knees are hitting your steering wheel. So the, the idea behind this was is to get rid of the engine and be able to create more space for the drivers, just like you would in a truck. So yeah, how's the this. balance on this? The weight is down here in the bottom, just like you would see in an electric vehicle. And what it does is it drop, it lowers your center of gravity. That means you can take corners faster. You can do everything more fun and a lo you're less likely to flip. It's just a, it's so a really So what you're telling good me is it has a huckability factor of 10. Huckability of, <laughs> we've gone to eight. And we <laughs> <laughs> so the smile factor is off the scale? Yeah. It's pretty good, yeah. And behind it obviously is our electric watercraft. So. This is, um, we're the first group in the world to ever show off and avail in a fully electric, uh, you know, essentially like a wave runner. And this thing will go three to four hours just ripping in the water. And then you can, you can just recharge it. And the best part is fully waterproof. You get more storage than you do in any other vehicle. And it's, it just opens up everything because now you got silence on the water. You're, you don't, you're not spewing oil into the water when you're in the, you know, when you're out there. Uh, the wildlife is happier. The state parks are happier. It's just the emissions are better. And not only that, it's all about performance. So I'm going to show you today, show you guys today, our new version of this. <gasps> You've got a lake back here that we can try this out on? <laughs> this place is huge. <laughs> I, but I did not, not see not a lake. That big, not that big. <laughs> so it's come, a swimming pool. So come on back here. What I'll do now is I'm going to take you into where it all starts, and that's the design room. And then from there, we're going to go through the whole, the whole facility. Awesome. Okay, so let's do it. All right, walking through the hallways here, I love this a very digital yet homey feel. Digitally at homie? Yes. Well, sometimes the startups are so stark and they're, they're not friendly. This is, oh, wow. We just walked past the war room. I, I What's that about? Did you see that? Oh, wow, look at this. So this is what we, uh, this is what we call the racetrack here. Uh, this is the Nikola racetrack, and uh, it has a, some huckability to it, you know? <laughs> I, won't, uh, I won't talk about it. <laughs> Jay, the backside of water. <laughs> this so it really is. That, listen, the way you get the uh, hair on your ass badge at Nikola is by taking one of the semis sideways around this corner here. <laughs> so it's like an indoor uh, polished concrete floor. Try You hear the right. echo in here because it's 
It's giant. It's a good thing it's electric, and we've had to re-epoxy a few times. Okay? So. <laughs> no, but I don't understand. What, what is this? It really is the racetrack? No I kidding. Have. We call it the racetrack. So the racetrack is where you can, every single division in the company is built all the way around this track. And so you can bring a vehicle from the beginning to the end and have it all done in-house here at Nikola. So this room behind you is, is actually one of our power sports teams. This is where they do all the power sports. And there's usually two levels to everything. So over here is the, de the design studio, and the, the top floor is where the designers work. The bottom floor is the entire clay model and the build plates. Wow. It's the same thing all the way around. We have studios everywhere. So you'll get your interior team, your electronics team, your studio team, your design team, your engineering team, your, your electrical, your hydrogen. All those teams are all here in this facility. Where did the concept come up with, who, who hatched this idea to build the building like this? I'll actually show it to you, it's up in my office. I, I, I was on a flight from Germany to here, and um, period of about four hours, I drew it up on a piece of paper, even with all the dimensions and everything, the whole thing. And wow. this was before we ever moved to Phoenix, right? We come down here, we look into a building, I look at my paper, and it's an exact printout of my paper. And I'm like, this is insane. The outside, the size of the all building, the everything dimensions and we built this to 95 percent accuracy to what i originally designed on the airport i mean on the airplane on the way back from germany kj so. this means that we have to listen to trevor because he's pretty smart <laughs> stuff. he can see the future yeah we'll start right here actually before we go in the design room this is by the way jay you know, uh you need to go over <laughs> the vending machine lightning needs to go by the vending machine here on, because hold uh wait hold on a second they have grandma's chocolate chip cookies at every company that we go to, whether it's a manufacturing ah. plant or... He's got to steal some of them out of there, but yeah. I couldn't reach up in there. He's always about the vending machine. So They have, a, about they the have a gym. Machine. I can eat the grandma's cookies yeah. and they come I bet and they work have, out. I bet they have several gyms here. <laughs> See what you did there? Yeah, you like that? <laughs> One of the things we love more than anything is I'm, I'm pretty big into health. I love health. We're just big. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So I was <laughs> that, that's why we're getting a ride in the semi-truck. <laughs> Fat asses wouldn't yeah. work on the wave runner. How much beef jerky do we have on the way here? <laughs> All of it? All of it, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, what's up? <laughs> Awkward transition. This is the, this is the gym for Nicole, and we have, a, we have an organic kitchen going in oh. upstairs for all the employees and a gym downstairs. They can use it 24-7 anytime they want. They don't need permission to leave their desk and just go work out, take a shower. This thing's a world-class gym, and it's awesome. The employees, it was one of the best remarks we get for our company is how much we care about the employees. Are the, you have, uh, looks like 45, 50-inch big screen TVs around the perimeter. I'm guessing those are for your Zoom meetings. So when you're pumping iron, you can <laughs> yeah, make sure not go. to miss any. Uh, any you know, you got your social distancing. <laughs> <you know? laughs> this is not the this is not the uh, the workout room from like a Marriott. This is no, about no, this is like eight times. This size. is what probably no, 100 feet long. This is like a miniature lifetime. So yeah. imagine like lifetime. There's like a miniature lifetime inside of our facility. That's how I, I kind of put so it. So do you see increased productivity letting people work out? And you actually do. I, I this is this is something I was in. My CFO hated the idea because he's like, "There's so much money. Yeah. Why would you spend it on, you know, on a gym?" Da da da. And no, no, we're spending it on happiness, and efficiency, <laughs> endorphins. I mean, yeah, you know, and uh, probably lower health insurance rates. And if everybody, they, they uh, actually healthy. do. They actually do. They give you better. They give you better health insurance rates. But the the thing for us was is really is given. What we've noticed is when people can go and leave their desk whenever they want, they're not as stressed. Because normally they're like, okay, I got to be here for eight hours. I can't leave. I got to do this, this, and this. And it, like, it builds up stress throughout the day. And you kind of get, you kind of get ornery, you know, with this, yeah. any time of the day, you start to feel like kind of tired, go down, hit the gym for 20 minutes, shower real fast, come right back out and you're back on your computer. And then you're happy the rest of the day. It's almost like a, it's almost like a break inside the yeah. day. And we've seen a, a pretty big, pretty big jump in productivity here. So I like it. Come That's on awesome. over here though. All right, we'll here show you guys the design studio. This is the podcast. What's up, Brock? 
heading to the design no studio. Right. Okay, we got no a few photos. Here, but I want to show you guys. Holman he said no photos, no yep. selfies. We just want to show people that it's actually uh, a real, a real place. Yep. So this is the design studio where we actually work, and you get to see some really cool today. I see a clay model yeah. being. And I'm going to show you a few things, but like I said, no pulling the phones out at all here, and uh, you get to see some really cool including a preview of what our new semi truck's going to look like. Okay. Yep. You got your phone. Get your phone oh yeah. Hold Jason on. there. Yep. So uh, that way we're good. Um, you get to see some really cool stuff today. Uh, you get to see our, you get to see our sim, you know, our new semi truck that's going to be unveiled like the, the, what it looks like our watercraft. You get to see our, uh, um, our off-road vehicle and a few other things. This is our design virtual reality room right above. It's where all the engineers work. There's a studio, but come on in here. This is where the fun, this is All where right, the fun we're begins. walking behind a uh, glass room that says, uh, please no photos on the door. Yes. And uh, wow. So this is the design room of Nikola, and this is the coolest <laughs> ever. I'm down here way too often harassing these guys. <laughs> so I have seen so many documentaries where they're designing vehicles out of clay, yep. never stepped into a room where they're actually doing it. And they're that is what's, that's what's happening right and here. This isn't just a stage. These are actually real projects yeah. going on right now. So it's not stage. This is all real I'll tell you, I've come over the, here. Come I've had this. the ability to go to other manufacturers, and there's a difference between the designers that get to put their hands on clay yeah. and things that are done in CAD because you, there's certain elements of lighting and You'll certain organic that, that doesn't. They don't translate yeah. well on a computer. You have to have somebody with an eye and a. This is our. Pro, this is gonna be our production off-road watercraft here, and it is the most gorgeous thing ever. It's awesome. They'll integrate all the LED lights into this actual uh, clay model here, and it'll essentially look like that right there when it's done. Is there wood underneath or what holds the structure together? You can do it out of high density foam or wood and or both. So um, sometimes it just depends on how you build that bottom structure. Once they get these surfaces perfect, they'll use a 3D scanner, put it back in the system. And that's why these build plates are so important is because they're precision milled. Yeah. So the scanner knows exactly where everything is, you know, down to the millimeter and a fraction of a millimeter. So how we're standing. Much, how much clay is that? I've always been curious to do a clay model. How much clay, guys? I don't know how much clay is on, what, is what on is this. It? Pounds, yeah. Pounds? Probably about a thousand pounds. <laughs> thousand pounds of clay. A small watercraft, you know? A big semi truck, you'd have probably 20, 30,000 pounds of clay. Okay. So let's be honest, these guys are uh, well, not taking much. terracotta 10, plants out the back door. You have lots <laughs> for them. You guys are, uh, you have the, uh, the kiln so you can do the, uh, the paintings yeah. and stuff. No, so so uh, guys who weld are familiar and they do uh, metal craft. They're familiar with the, the tables that have to be yep. perfectly smooth and flat. We're standing on that right now, yes, basically. Yeah, you are. And these, these tables take like a year to mill. Like you can't just order yeah. these things. They're very, this is one of the largest tables in the, in the United States. It probably is the biggest one in the whole U.S. This is big enough for a semi-truck. It's big enough for a watercraft. It's big enough for a pickup truck. We have more than one. We do. We have two of them in here. So this is really cool. And then now I'm going to show you the production off-road vehicle. Okay. This is not well, not the production. This is a final sign-off. This is where you actually do it all out of clay, and then you paint it all, and you make sure all the plastics are in. And this is to actually show you what it looks like um, if you were to go, you know, when you see it going down the road. Come on here. So wait, what? Uh, this is plastic on clay. There are plastic pieces in here, yes. Yeah. So okay. Like this is plastic. 3D printed. 3D printed. Actually, this is metal, but there's there 3D printed, and then there's a... Uh... You didn't leave your phone outside. No, 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 no. I got it. <laughs> he doesn't have to. So this one, this one here is all clay, but it's, it's completely painted and, and prepped for, prep for like final, and this it's already done. This is basically uh, production intent. It is. We're at the point where everybody gets the, yep. said, the final sign-off. So how much here. different is this one than the one in your showroom that we just saw? Uh, a ton different. So it's this, the style is slightly different for looks someone little, who wouldn't know. Looks a little more truck-like. Is that fair come, to say? Come look at this. 
if you were to come look at the front. So oh, this wow. is a side-by-side -side that, oh, so, wow, look so at the yeah, front end. You get it. You, when you see this thing from the front, the stance, it is mean, aggressive. It's, it's so much better built. The visibility is better. The angles of everything is better. The aerodynamics is better. The off-road clearances are better. Everything about this version was better than the one you are, saw in the showroom. Are the, uh, are the coil over towers, is that like an extruded piece or a cast? That thing looks awesome. It's, it's a just, casted piece up on top. It, yeah. That's fully casted. It's and beautiful. And the, 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 you know, the shock coils come right up to it essentially and hook yeah. into it. And it is, this is like the real deal here. It's, I mean, it's got a full HVAC heating, air conditioning. It's waterproof. It comes standard with 35-inch uh, tires. I mean, this is stuff that I always dreamed of my ATV having, or UTV. And, you know, currently right now in the market, you have to put those wheel reductions into yeah, your into right. your wheels to get put bigger wheels on. This thing's got 700 foot-pounds of torque before reduction and 7,000 oh foot-pounds after. That means you can start on a 35, 40% grade, and you can slam the throttle, and it'll, it'll, it'll go all the way to the top of the mountain and it'll never, the torque will never be diminished. When you started this project with these, I, I, it's not fair to call it a side-by-side -side or even a UTV. It's, 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 it's off-road vehicle. It, yeah. It's a, really. it's a UTV really to compete with the Jeep. So it's made, to, it's gonna be the first, we created a whole new vehicle class. No one's ever done this before with, with, with this really market. It's the in-between between. It's a Jeep yeah. and, a, uh, and a UTV. So it allows you to have everything you want with a Jeep, with everything you could do with the UTV, and you just can't do that with a Jeep. And that's what you get with it. Without the uh, CVT belts uh, ripping yeah, apart. Never. That's the best part. And yeah. then look at it from this angle. This is my favorite right here. If you look at this angle, just step yeah, right I love, here. I love the face on the it. The front quarter is just gorgeous. Yeah. And it's tragic that we cannot take a photo of it right now, Holman. Tragic. Well, you know, well, just listen. My memory sucks. So we're going to leave and I'm like, I remember it was cool, yeah, but I can't remember what it looked like. There's no way that you'll be able to duplicate this on a napkin. <laughs> Don't worry. We took pictures of your faces, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> He follows us on uh, on social. I think we're in trouble yeah. if we do anything. So now let's go. Let's let's. This is this is one really cool thing. This is the semi truck. If you look at it, it almost looks like the watercraft from above. Yeah, it sure does. It is. We our design team is. There's no one better than our team in the world. Where do they I, come from? Do you have people from just all air, over? He grows them. No, no, no. <laughs> he grows. He grows them. You know, next to the racetrack, I saw a bunch of roll-up doors. I was thinking it was the uh, pool with the sharks in it behind it's there. Design farm. That's the design Shark. farm. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Mark Cuban pop out. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> Come on around here, guys. This is the... No forklift on floor. You see that? Yep. Yeah. You don't want to damage this stuff. Wow. So you get to see now the most advanced semi-truck the world has so ever seen. Now we're starting to see the family resemblance between some of the stuff with Badger, the off-road vehicle, and some yep. of the face, kind of the next generation. What's, yep. I guess what's interesting in uh, automotive design is the cycle takes so long that you almost are at your second generation by the time it becomes production. Yeah, it, that's it's what true. this feels like. This it's is true. Your, the next generation. And the, good, the, good, the advantage that we have is because we started out as a startup, theoretically, um, your second generation is actually your first. So we didn't have to worry about a, a billions of dollars being put in the first generation that's wasted. We're able to go through the first generation and now morph into the second generation. And that's what this thing, you're going to see this as both a, uh, a fuel cell electric and probably an uh, option for a battery electric as well. How often do you get into a situation where you're doing something for either aesthetics or for aerodynamics and one fights the other? Who wins? All the time. It is, uh, it's, it's a constant battle and people are throwing fits all the time. I mean, it's, the, the teams always fight over it. It's, it's actually kind of comical. So. I'm trying to think what that looks like. I think it's like, is it the alien? The way the head is, you know? Uh, um, do you see that? Well, I mean, we I mean, it's so aggressive and leaned forward and it looks like it has And we talked helmet. about this before and yeah. it's, I know, I don't know if he liked or didn't like the Cylon reference, but that's what it is. Those guys were bad. <laughs> they were bad mamma jammas, bad in the, ba Look at in the, the Battlestar Galactica days. Behind the glass at the top. Yeah. That is super slick. It is. And you can see it in the clay over here. Look at this. So this, they're just starting this right now. 
Now, it's not going to roll too well with foam wheels. I just got to be honest. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, it won't. <laughs> we'll turn it into an RC car, though, you know? <laughs> hey, so, now's your chance to have real, genuine, authentic Nikola Clay. Yep. Just put it in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a little oh, one. Yeah. A little piece of clay. Okay, so explain what he's doing right now. He's using quarter-inch wide tape, like painter's tape. This is going to go down in history. We need a little, uh, you know what we need? We need like a little Nikola emblem. Oh, Can you yeah, guys make, make me a Nikola emblem out of clay, would you? Okay, do that. <laughs> I'm going to give it to these guys before they leave. So there we go. We're going to make you a sweet little Nikola emblem out of clay, okay? The whole thing, the whole badge. I know exactly where okay. it's going to go in my uh, office, and on my on my desk with all my little trinkets from the, cool things. The best part is you get to see the real process. They're actually taping yeah. off right now. So what they do is they tape the lines and make sure they're dead on. They like them. They look at them. They start to carve them. And it's all based upon these renderings. And then once they really get it down, they can start to 3D scan it and put it back mm -hmm. into back into the now, I've always model. wondered, how do you get the right side and the left side to be symmetrical, or is it two versions on one clay and you kind of decide which one you like better? So both actually, so sometimes you'll do one side one way and another side the other way, or you'll actually put it into a CNC machine, mill it all off so the proportions are exact, mm -hmm. and then you start working from there. Or two artists and then he lets them fight it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've given them some uh, boxing gloves before. I love it. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna take you into the, the shop where we actually do a lot of the, the really complicated fabrication, okay. and then we're gonna get you out to the largest hydrogen station in the Western world, and then I'm gonna let you see the truck, okay? So come on with me. All right, come on. Doesn't sound very impressive. Oh wait, <laughs> all of it is. Can you come back in to get the the Nikola emblem form before they leave. Yeah, okay. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Holman, we're taking a tour of a very private facility. Yeah, Maybe he doesn't I, know. This is the most I'm going to give you. Oh. Oh. oh! Are we even allowed to say what we're seeing right now? <laughs> yes, you are. But okay. just be very just. Okay. If you, I got it. I got it. Okay. I got it. Okay. I'm listening. If you saw. Watch this. Ready? Wait. Oh my uh, gosh, he's using his index finger to move the object uh, on the screen the object, around. Okay, I got it. It's an object. I How didn't see what it was. Have you ever seen the picture of Trevor and Dave Sparks in front of a certain thing? We are looking at that right now. I think it's safe to say it's a vehicle. I don't oh, think that yeah. gets us in trouble, right? Could we? You can tell people about it. It's okay. All right. Yeah, right. Hey, 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 look, you know. That badger I... looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is the final CAD model. Nice. Completely done of the Nikola Badger. And I want to tell you right now that we will be helicoptering you guys into an unspecified <laughs> location to see this truck before we unveil it to the world, okay? It is the most amazing wow. truck the world has ever seen. It's the most gorgeous truck. It's the most proportionate truck as well. I can definitely see some refinements to the original uh, sketches that we've looked at. Much better. And some things that are definitely meant for real world use. Like Look the clearance at this. between the bed and the cab. Oh, the, Ooh, the now the tailgate, now the tailgate is awesome. different. And one thing you'll notice, I talked about this on the podcast, but I talked about how we reinforced the entire mm -hmm. upper part of the bed. Is mm -hmm. a truck owner, one of the things I always hated was the upper part of the bed was, was the area that was hit the most yep. and it was always damaged yep. and you could never tie down to it. Always dinged on every truck. We changed that. We put a incredibly strong, uh, essentially like a surface plate it's almost. Like a halo or a cap around the corners, but not in the sense of today's trucks where they're hiding like a structure or two pieces of sheet metal come together. This yeah. is actually like beefy. It's beefy, it's made to tie down with and it has aircraft tracks in it. As I said, I love to fly. So we put these aircraft tracks in there so you can use D-links and you can put them wherever you want. So you can just move those, those, yeah, those mounts awesome. anywhere you want to go. And it's what they used to tie down snowmobiles and all that. And it was like, and so we integrated all that in. I mean, look at how beautiful this is though. This so, is the- So without giving away too much, I will say that one of the things I'm seeing that I really like are the tow hooks look awfully functional where you could use a, a, a wide three inch strap and uh, wrap it around itself. You can use a clevis. 
A lot of uh, companies do tow hooks, and then you find out when you need to use a tow strap, they're not usable. Yeah, this is these are no joke tow straps. And I'm seeing a great, a, oh, a great yeah. departure angle too as well. Yeah, and the, the approach other thing I'll say is um, it doesn't look derivative of other trucks. It definitely no. has its own. It, vibe and feel to it my favorite really cool. my favorite thing is obviously we have this very in, incredible style here with nico on the on the whole top cat yep but if you look at this thing from the from the front if you look at this thing i like this where it comes up at the a pillar yep and then that angle shoots down that's pretty cool this is, is so unique that there's no other truck like it in the world and then i wanted to show you this so you guys get a little taste of like how awesome it really is going to be this is the final version here and all i can tell you is when you see it in real life it is it, it we built the truck to outsell the Ford F-150. I feel like we're the only truck in the world that can do that. I had a call with, an, with one of the biggest truck manufacturers in the world two days ago, and they said, you know, what, what, was your, what are you really trying to achieve with this? And I said, we're going to take the Ford F-150 down. It's the most profitable vehicle program in the world. It's the only one that makes constant capital profits, and we're going to take it down. And a long time ago, when I talked to these, you know, our competitors, they said it could never be done. So the best part is they, they still think it cannot be done. And we've, all they're doing is retrofitting their trucks. It'll never work. You got to rebuild this whole thing like we did. And this thing is just a monster. So I can't wait to show you guys. And it looks like a truck. It doesn't look like somebody's childhood fantasy. You know, I still, it's, it's still a Tonka toy that I want to pick up in my hand and drive in the sandbox. But it, it looks like something that I could see in my driveway and not have buyer's remorse two weeks later. What I have mean, I done look at the ground, Holman, look at the ground clearance right, on this yeah, thing. I'm looking. Uh oh, here we go. I just wanted to show that to you. Don't worry about it. Okay, let's go come this way. All right, okay, we're gonna walk slowly. That was just such a tease. I know. Uh, wait, oh, he's yeah. wait, he's doing something. He's in that oh, there it is. No, oh. he changed the color. Oh, wait. That's the color. Oh, he nope. made go it back. black. <laughs> it went from white to black, oh. and now he's changing the wheel color. Now he's just showing right, up. Get out of here. Oh. Now he's just showing up. All right, we're we're being ushered out. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> well, you can't say how dare you to the guys who oh, were yeah. in his house. <laughs> <laughs> so now what I want to what I want to show you guys now is how all this is done. Why do we why can we beat everyone is because we do everything in house. We have some of the most advanced machines in the world here and this allows us to do everything from the interior pieces to new panels to body panels to structural to frame to everything you want to do. It's all done. We have the most advanced CNC machines in the world here. So if you guys ever ran any like any CNC machines oh, yeah. or seen them, you're going to just go crazy over this. So there's a bunch of build bays in here I can't show you in here, but yeah. <laughs> I will take you into, I will take you into. You know, uh, that was totally uh, unnecessary and gratuitous. He didn't have to say he can't show us. No, we could have just, just walked, walked by. right by yeah. the door. No, that's, true. Yeah, that's where the trash, yeah. that's where the dumpsters yeah. are. You don't need to see anything in there. But I will show you what the Nicola tray, the, the, real quick on the way to the, okay. the build, build, I mean, the way to the, the fabrication rooms. I want to show you what the, how we did the inside before you build it. So this truck is now done in Europe inside outside but this is how you do it you do an outside one you saw in the showroom and now you do an inside one so come on up here okay so what we're looking at is a an aluminum staircase about 10 uh eight eight ten stairs up aluminum or stainless uh it, i think this is aluminum and then we're walking wow. up to a this looks like a uh, like an aircraft simulator right <laughs> is that fair to say Feel, it feels like it. it's a it's a it's Europe, amazing it's a european cab inside full inside real cockpit everything is real they just don't work, right? Except for the screens and everything. So the, the electronics and software do work. But the idea here is to build true seats, true, you know, true beds, everything, all the camera mirrors, everything is done in this truck, the steer, you know, the dash, the instrument panel, the, the cooling, the, everything that you need to build in here is completely done. Once you get it nailed in, then you combine the inside and the outside and you have a fully productionized vehicle, which we have. It now. looks awesome. It doesn't, you know, if you, if a lot of big rigs today, I mean, I get semis on the high end are pretty luxurious, yep. but 
This is, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yep. It's, it's a gorgeous. I, I want you just to sit down real quick, okay? okay. So just yep. take a seat right here. Let me take the Red Bull out of my back pocket. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, don't spill the Red Bull on his uh, million-dollar interior buck. <laughs> Here, you hold that. I got the, I got the Red Bull. So just take a seat on this, and you can see how beautiful it is. Now, the steering wheel is real, but it doesn't work. None of the buttons, so don't hit any of the buttons. But what's really cool, oh, there you go. You probably take that screwdriver and knife out of your pocket, too. Oh, the hidden it. camera. Okay, let me grab that from you. <laughs> yeah. It's been off. Okay. So here, here. Look at this though. Look at how. I mean, this is like. We oh, have look some how of fast the, that is. We have some so of the fastest systems. He's in the scrolling world. on this uh, the nav system, and there's no latency at all to his inputs, which is pretty rare in the automotive space because even the zero really, latency. We were just in a vehicle, yeah. a very very nice 2021 vehicle. A hundred fifty thousand dollar vehicle coming yeah. here, and that had latency, latency on yeah. the. On there is the zero experience. latency on this thing. There, you know, we're working through all this stuff. It's we're we've already got a full production version of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, check it out. Full camera mirrors integrated in, digital instrument so cluster. The mirrors are interesting. The mirrors are inboard in the vehicle, not inside. outside the vehicle. In, so the mirrors are, are inside the vehicle. How do you guys get approval on that? Because I know that there's some legislation going through or attempting to go through to get camera so, mirrors, but. These are for Europe, so Europe's already approved. Got it. But okay. in the US, it'll come out in a few years. Come on this way, because I'm really far behind now. Yep, I'm going to take turn. you through the. All right, Jay, no more questions. Okay. All right, Holman, so we're being handed hard hats. All right, oh, and safety glasses. All right, hold on. This is just for a photo op, isn't it? <laughs> it feels like, hey, right. at what point do they pull out the scissors and the big giant ribbon for us to cut? <laughs> right? Okay, all right. Come on in, guys. We're gonna, I'm taking you through a door right now. This is the, the, the middle of the racetrack is a massive fabrication and assembly area. By the way, it's an unassuming door. It's just a gray door. Yeah, unassuming. And it just told him he couldn't go in. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what it looks like on the other side. Mine will work. <laughs> Key fob in. Here oh we are. My oh my god. Okay. Look at that. So this is like a this is a fabricator's dream. Oh my god. So you're gonna go nuts over this. Come over here first. These are CNC machines that you can step into. They're yeah. that big. They're CNC another, rooms. <laughs> another clay model yep. being CNC'd. Wow. So this right here is the largest 3D printer pretty much in the world. This wow. allows you to 3D print an entire vehicle in one shot. So this allows us to print anything we want, whether it's a whole new inside of a cab, in the interior, outside of the cab, or even a tool to lay up like a carbon fiber panel. All done right here in-house. Now you can buy these at Harbor Freight though, right? Yeah, for a couple million dollars. <laughs> but, but, but they only work for a day. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then here is the most advanced five axis CNC large printer in the world. It's a Zimmerman FZ37. Oh, you so, can't afford the 38 or what? No, they didn't have the 38 yet. <laughs> Man, so that thing is unbelievable. So, okay, so what do you call the head that that, the, that articulates down with the with the bit at the end? That is a an, that's a story tall. That's the size of a yeah. It's, it's more bigger than, a than a, it's more than a story tall. It's the size of almost a semi truck, pretty much. It's, yeah. it's gigantic. It's about 15 feet tall, I think. And what wow. it does is it allows you to mill out any part you want and get to every nook and cranny. And this thing's just massive. It's just huge. It's unbelievable. And. Uh, Right now, you guys are milling out uh, a clay mock-up of the semi-truck. We are, yeah. We're milling out a, a, a quarter scale. That actually might be an eighth scale. And that allows you to, you know, to, as I told you, that way is proportionately perfect. So come on this way. I feel bad for whoever has to clean that thing. That clay is everywhere. <laughs> yeah, right? This, these right here are the most precise five axes in the world. It's called a, it's called a Morisiki. DMG Morisiki is the brand out of Germany. And this one is a double pallet changer. And this, this one's the DMC-125 Morisiki. You cannot find a more precise 
CNC machine in the world. So this and looks look like it came out of a medical facility. So these, Careful with this, they're sharp, okay? So these They've are, not been deburred. look like the, um, the knuckles for the off-road Exactly. Yeah. So, so these are the, these are the actual, I'm gonna show them to you. Okay. But these are the, and they're very sharp, wow. so be careful. Beautiful. But these are the knuckles, man. They're sharp pieces everywhere yeah. on this thing. I mean, I would just want that on my shelf just because it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's, it's actually doing one right now. You can see it. And this machine has got one of the fastest cut times, fastest RPMs. It can cut, you know, steel, aluminum, titanium. It's got pretty much everything. It's a, it's a dream. So this machine is probably 12 foot tall by about 20 foot deep and uh, 15 foot across. Like and doing is, things that you could never do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, these are the parts when, you know, when you buy something for your truck and it's, you know, it costs you like, you know, like $4,000 for a, for a customized whatever piece. That's what that machine does. It just cuts it out and it's, uh, they're just really, there's only a few of them in America. They're very hard to come by. Now we're walking into a room here where we do all of our, this is where we do all of our metal work. This is the, where the jigs, you got tables where you, everything's adjustable. Is that for, plasma or laser over here? This one is a the most advanced laser cutter in the world now. This does not use CO2. It's the only laser, really the brand wow. new one now, they do not use CO2, they use a true fiber optic laser. It can cut up to three quarter inch aluminum. <laughs> Normally aluminum reflects and so it can't cut. Yeah, right. This one can, it's the, it, this thing, not only is it a laser cutter, a massive table is probably about 15 feet long by about eight or 10 feet wide. Wow. Um, but one of the cool things about this machine is not only is it fully robotic with all the robotic arms that bring metal into the, into the, the actual uh, cut plate, but it has a notcher on it too, which means you can send a tube through and it'll actually notch the tube prior to sending it into the laser. So when you're doing tubed frame, like aluminum frame cuts, yeah. you know all the custom guys that do like all these really hardcore yeah. custom off-road chassis out yep. of tube yep. stuff? In a few hours, this will do what it'll take someone four months to do. Right, because they're having to notch at precise angles and meld yep. those things together. Put it together, together yeah. weld it. This does it all. It's like, so we can do chassis that are incredibly fast and precise. And then we have we have one of the best presses also. It's an Amata Miyachi, which is the same thing as our uh, laser cutter here. The Amata Miyachi press is a press from the bottom and the top. Unlike most presses that just press from the top, this has an equal force from the bottom to ensure that the that the there's no deflection in the part all the way up to 10 feet wide. Wow. Pretty cool. This is where it's all done. This is where we can build entire chassis, vehicles, everything that we do, we can do in here. And it has a 20 ton overhead crane too. On yeah, that. a 20 ton overhead crane that moves parts through the whole thing. It can even lift up an entire semi truck. Jeez. Did you have to bring in a team of machining experts or who do you hire to decide what machines to build. I mean, it sounds silly. The machines just don't miraculously appear here. You had to decide what you needed for what project. Yeah, it was it was actually really hard, you know, because when we ordered these years ago, this was, you know, three, four years ago when we started ordering all this equipment. Mm -hmm. Back then it was a, you know, it was a downturn in the economy. So we were, we were able to buy this stuff incredibly inexpensive back then. The problem is I didn't have anyone that would really show us, you know, how to do all this. So I went to some of my friends, I asked them for some advice on what machines I would, I would get. I picked them up and then we had the architects help us lay it, lay it out. And now the machinists are like, dude, this is a dream. And we just did it without even having a single machinist hired at that time. Now we do. Looking at like Mercedes, like AMG or those factories that you see where it's, they look like uh, it could be a medical facility. Yeah. It's so clean and beautiful. Yep. You've built that here. Did you, what was your inspiration? Yeah, I mean, most of those are production systems, right? Where they're running things in production and you have to be spick and span clean when you do that. 
to, we do the same thing here. Like if you notice how clean it is, it's incredibly cleaner. You can eat off the floor of this of this facility. We were earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I saw you with a I burger. Licked, I licked the bottom too. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, you know, anybody saw me drop that taco. <laughs> Come on out here, guys. I'll take you, because I have to run. So what I want to do now yep. is show you the largest hydrogen station in the Western world. And also the Nikola II in all its glory. This is the real full, real okay. first ever true hydrogen electric semi-truck anywhere in the world. It's the, it was the only one built, well we have a couple of them built, but it's the only, we're the only OEM in the world that's ever done one. Everyone else has just retrofitted stuff and try to make it work, you know, go like a few miles. This thing is the true, complete ground up build of a hydrogen fuel cell semi-truck in the world. We're walking outside the back door here. So in the that's back only of the building outside. is the largest hydrogen station in the Western world. So there's nothing out here like this. This can do a thousand kilograms a day. And you see over here, this is all high, high pressure storage. And uh, you can, over here is all the cooling system and the station. But I want to get you guys in the truck because the most important thing is the reason why you came out here. Two things. I wanted to show you guys it was real. There's no vaporware. It's true. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And the second thing is for you to be able to tell your users, and you can take pictures now all you want out here, okay? We got to get our, uh, our phones back. Yep. He still has our phones. <laughs> all right. You can give his phones back now. And Jace, what I'm going to do is put them in the truck real quick, and then I got to take off. So okay. come on over here, guys. You can hear how hot it is right now out here. <laughs> yeah. The only thing you hear on this truck ever really is just the fan. For the heat exchangers? It's for the radiators, for yeah. the batteries. This truck is just gorgeous, Holman. Uh, yeah, this All is amazing. Right. All right, watch out here. So we're opening up the massive door. And now you know why Nikolai is, wow. so, why we protect our patents. You know, a lot of people ask, why are you in a you know, patent lawsuit with Tesla on the door? This is why. You can see how easy it is to get in and out of the cab safely. And you can also see how much room is here. It's incredible. And how much room it creates for the driver. These patents are incredibly important to us. This is why we do it. When so, you opened this door, I didn't realize that steps were going to come out of the side. Yeah. Completely invisible. Yeah, you'd never even know they're there. And that's for aerodynamics. So come on up in, guys. I'm going to bring you up inside, OK? All right. When you come up yep. in, just two points. So I'm going to yep. hold your microphone. Two, make sure you always have three points. That means two like hands. Yeah, two hands and a foot, OK? All right. So go ahead and come on up. I'll hold this. Go ahead and go. Go ahead and go on up as well. All right, I'm in. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I'll take one lap with you, and then I'm out. All right. Am I sitting in the you back or the front? You guys was up front. Yeah, you guys oh, sit front. What's your name? Greg. Greg, you're the official driver here. Oh wow, the the seat is on air. Right. Yes. Yeah, oh, this uh, is awesome comfy. Seat, the, yeah. As I said before, the key here is to really show you guys that this is that this truck is truly legitimate. And look how quiet. You can't even hear this thing. And it's fully independent suspension. So you just don't feel, feel that, how like smooth it is? It's not bouncing everywhere? It's super smooth. Incredibly smooth. I've had to, I've had the opportunity of riding in a uh, competitor's uh, semi that was converted from an existing truck. And you could tell it felt very cobbled together. This feels very, uh, very much like a, 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 a complete vehicle. Yeah, and remember this, this is the first truck I mean, real ground up truck Nikola had ever built in our life. This is the quality of it from a first one we, uh, we, you know, we ever built. Fast learners. Yeah, now imagine the next one. Imagine the one that's coming into production, how well it's built. So I wanted to show you guys and, you know, one, how quiet it is, how real it is. Cause a lot of listeners, you know, even today, even on Seeking Alpha, they just hammered us telling us we were vaporware. And uh, you can feel that acceleration. Oh, wow. 
Wow, no, wait. Seamless. So, okay, I want to ask our driver over here. Now, you, I assume, were a full-time driver at one point? Yes. Okay, tell me your your opinion on driving a, a, a traditional big rig versus this. to this. Yeah, no noise, just quiet. It's like driving a giant golf cart. <laughs> put it in gear and go. No shit. Do you like the torque that it offers? Oh, yeah. How do you see the uh, the benefit of somebody in the uh, you know who's a truck driver who may be doing those long treks, being able to hop into this truck for the first time? How how will it change their lives? I think it'd be very simple for them to make the conversion. I mean, there's no you don't have to worry about shifting. You don't have to worry about anything. Just like you say, as long as you don't run off the road and stay. You know, I have a feeling you guys are going to have navigation for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that big old screen right there. Yeah, yeah it's very simple to oh. drive. How much hydrogen did one lap take, and how long would that <laughs> how long would that take to uh, replenish in the plant over there? So we can do that. I mean, that was probably, you know, maybe like two three cents worth of hydrogen, something like that. Wow. <laughs> and uh, this this entire truck can be refilled with hydrogen in just a matter of in production in a matter of under ten to fifteen minutes. That's probably so, comparable to filling up a with diesel, diesel today. Yeah, that's the idea. You know, we do battery and hydrogen both. And then key to hydrogen, this is what I tell people. They don't even compete. This is a funny thing. When, you know, when when other people come after us and they say, oh, you know, battery's going to be hydrogen. What they don't understand is they're not even in the same market. Battery does really well up to 300 miles. Hydrogen does really well over 300 miles. Why? Because of weight. So weight and fill time. So this truck will weigh 5,000 pounds less than a battery truck. Right, you're, and you're not carrying all those batteries around with you because yep. you have a consumable fuel. And every pound is worth 50 cents in trucking. So this is what's crazy, you know. Okay. Even if you got electricity for free, you would go bankrupt driving an electric, uh, a battery electric compared to this long haul. You could. Because wow. every, every load, you would lose $2,500 in revenue. Well, you're only going to run a couple hundred bucks in electricity. That means you have a deficit of $2,000 per, per load. That's the advantage of hydrogen is the weight. It's all about the weight. It's zero emission and it's fast to fill. Hydrogen's terrible in some applications. It's not good. It's, I don't think it's very good. I mean, it's okay in cars, but you're not really doing anything. Why, why do we go with hydrogen for the pickup truck? Because you're gonna be pulling trailers. Sure. You need to pull large loads, heavy loads, long distances, massive amounts of energy. And that's why we offer the Badger in both battery and fuel cell and battery. To where you get the best of both worlds and, and someone can order it however they want but now explain to them what you see in here yeah okay, so, so right. well, i was going to start with the laminate floor so normally you would have uh, you know carpet or you would have some sort of like you, but this laminate well, floor i feel like, like a, we're in a high-end rv yeah or a hotel oh yeah. look at the lights oh led lighting above us uh, suede uh, style alcantara probably headliner yeah. looks like uh, storage bins I just, it doesn't feel like the a tight cab of a traditional semi. There's so much No, it's four room. of us. Think about it. There's four of us in here, and we still have social distancing. This yeah, I know. Oh, just about. That's yeah, true. Yeah. This feels like a high-end air, like a jet yeah, it inside. Does. It, it has a very, uh, very yeah. executive feel to it. That's the idea, though. Remember, I, came, I, I love aviation, right? I love flying. And the idea of this is to enter in from behind, you know, from, the, from between the seats, come in from behind the front seat, and it allows you to allows you to get so much more room as a driver and better visibility. I mean, it really is like an aviation cockpit. I mean, it's very clean. Yeah, th this is nothing, and not that there's anything wrong with them because I absolutely love them, but this has, there's no comparison to a long nose Pete. No. <laughs> I mean, now take a picture of this. You can show your, you know, go ahead and feel free to take okay. pictures yeah. of this. Well, look, um, I have to take off, unfortunately, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to uh, give you a personal tour of the facility. 
I hope you guys had a lot of fun. My main my main goal here was to show you that we're 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 truly legitimate. That's that so many people have just That's like, why we're here. Yeah, I mean, we we appreciate it. I mean, obviously you're a busy guy, got a lot going on right now, but making the time for for us uh, two yahoos is uh, is pretty cool. So yeah. thank you. No problem. It was a lot of fun having you guys. And the best part is now you've seen all this work. All this experience has been ported into the Nikola Badger. So here in here in you know later on towards the end of the year, I'll bring you guys out somewhere. We don't know where you know where it'll be at that time, but we'll bring you guys in. We'll let you actually see that truck. I truly believe the Nikola Badger will become the number one selling truck in America. It'll it'll beat the Ford F one hundred and fifty. And Ford said they would never lose that trophy. And you realize that there are people listening to you right now going, "That guy's crazy." Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, there's a little but, bit of crazy in so you, know, far, but you have to so, shoot for the stars yeah, or you'll fall short. No, I, I'm not, that's, that's not a knock at all. I'm just, I want to state the obvious is there's people who are listening and go, there's no way how, but seeing what we've seen, seeing the passion, seeing the team here. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like you guys have really good things ahead of you. When we first started, there wasn't a single person that ever said that I would ever make it. They all said, there's no way. Halfway into it, we met with all these OEMs. They said, you'll never make it. We're interested, but you'll never make it. When we came out with a the truck, they still mocked us because one, you know, they go through all these different levels, right? Like people kind of make laugh about this, but they go through like, you know, at first like the they, levels of grief. The, almost, yeah, right? exactly. The levels of grief, right? <laughs> exactly. Have we gotten to acceptance yet? <laughs> no, they have They still have not gotten to acceptance. And that's the, that's the funny thing about this is, is that we are, um, we're to the point now where we have kicked everyone's ass with heavy duty trucking around the world. Everybody. The biggest companies with $50 billion budget, you know, you know, revenue still can't compete with us. And we've got, you know, if you think about where we're going now, we've taken all that technology, put it into the Badger. I, it is a little crazy, but you know, it's like Barry Bonds or, or Jose Canseco or, or whoever, you know, they would, they would never hit a home run if you didn't swing hard and you better swing like crazy. You better hit that ball as hard as you can. If you can hit it out of the park and we did that. Sometimes you miss and I've missed in my life. This time I hit a, hit a home run. So. All right. Well, I'm, I think we just ended there because uh, I, we're going to ruin the vibe. No, I'm, I'm just glad that we're in the stadium to watch him hit the home run. I like yeah. that. I like that. Hopefully, hey, in the yeah. dugout suites <laughs> <laughs> with a beer. Well, I appreciate you guys coming. It was a lot of fun. It was a long drive. Uh, the team will still be with you. They're going to go through a bunch of things with you and give you plenty of content, whatever cool. you need. Answer any questions. But I really—that was my main goal. I wanted you guys to go back and say, guys, look, we've seen this. Yeah. It's no joke. So before I leave right here, yeah. one sec, I'm going to show you the rear end of this truck. Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna enjoy that. All so. right. Now look at this. This is what I told you about. Look at the, look at look at this. How the how all the the motors are now built in much smaller. So now you have to worry built about the trailer in. taking out anything. You don't have to worry about the trailer taking anything out now. This is the more advanced. And even from this one now, we've got more advanced systems now that are even smaller than this one. This is all your your all Nikola technology. Design. Wow. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the amount of patents that we have on this is one reason why you guys have. You know, people are very vocal about this and they ask us a lot of questions about our, our big lawsuit with Tesla. Mm -hmm. We actually own all the patents for independent suspension, independent drive, the, the rear the rear door and the fuselage design. If you took the, the Tesla truck, it was a direct imitation of, of all of our patents. And so this was a big thing where we are, we're in the middle of that right now. We don't want to hurt Tesla, we want them to succeed. We just want them to succeed without using what we, what we created and created novelty with. So we don't want to hurt anyone. We want them to win, but we just we have to win with their own design, not not with not with what you know what we have. But I wanted to show you the whole truck. So what do you guys think? It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a work of art, and it's it's the technology speaks for itself. Yeah, well done. Although the wheels are only twenty two fives, I don't know if those are uh, big enough for lightning. Well, I need uh, you need twenty six at least or thirties. Right? <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest with you. But just the billet work, just the, the CNC, it's just just 
art. Again, I, I just want to say thank you for having us out. And uh, just, you know, a lot of people come on the podcast and say, hey, we should do something. And here we are, like, what, four or five weeks later, and we're yep. standing in Arizona. Man at of his word. It. Man of yeah. his word. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. All right. See yeah. you guys later. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks. Now, what did you say about Andy over here? He could kill us with with his pinky. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. He's uh, he looks like a nice guy, but but don't get you know don't get me wrong. Like he's thinking of ways to destroy both of us right now if we step over the line. <laughs> okay, so we are outside Nicola, and we are in the back corner here, by the is it safe to say Skunk Works? What are we? Uh, what part of the uh, the building are we? Yeah, in? Do you guys have a nickname for this? This is uh, a Power Sports Bay. Power Sports Bay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's way less interesting than Skunk Works. <laughs> but we do do a lot of our technology development, research and development in here. Okay. And what are we standing next to? These are two off-road devices. So the uh, NZT Alpha? Yep, NZT. That stands for Net Zero Toll. These are our two Alpha prototypes. We've had them for a, a couple of years, done a lot of testing with them. This is the Reckless, the military v- variant of that vehicle. Um, we'll just go over the specs real quick and do a little bit of walk and talk if you want. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the vehicle was built to a requirement that the Marine Corps had at the time. Uh, they engaged Trevor and said, could you build us a vehicle that was a 62-inch uh, platform that would fit inside a V-22 Offspray helicopter? So that was the original requirement, and that's what you see here today. So Reckless is actually named after a, a horse that the Marines had during the Korean War called Staff Sergeant Reckless. And, and the reason we named it after Reckless, because Reckless was used with the Marines to go up some of the, the, the most challenging terrain you can imagine, carried recoilless rifle rounds, a lot of heavy equipment and logistics. Uh, so Trevor saw that, said, that's exactly what we're going to build. We're going to build a vehicle that uh, we can hand off to the Marines, and it's going to be you know, the, the fastest vehicle, the most torque, uh, just specs uh, th- that are off the charts. Uh, and that's what you see here today. That's the Nikola Reckless. This is our prototype. Uh, this is about 400 uh, plus horsepower, 107 Jeez. kilowatt hour battery pack, <laughs> uh, and uh, just under 700 foot-pounds of torque. The production intent is going to be uh, a slightly larger battery pack, uh, and we're aiming and shooting for about 590 horsepower on the production intent. Is it to their spec, or did you just dream up where the gun turret should be and things like that? Well, we wanted to mitigate risk. This vehicle is a risk mitigator uh, on the battlefield, and what I mean by that, if you look at it by design, uh, it's the quietest vehicle ever made for the military. It's a Acoustic signature is about the equivalent of a whisper in a library. Uh, it has a very low th- thermal signature because there is no engine on the vehicle, right? we got four independent electric motors, uh, so you don't see much under uh, thermal devices. We've, we've done a lot of extensive testing with the military on that. We mitigate risk by the vehicle can go in areas uh, that you wouldn't take a heavy armored vehicle. So it's light, tactical, all-terrain vehicle, light being the key word. So by design, it wasn't meant to have armor on it. You can mitigate risk by having a remote-controlled weapon system where you can remote that either wirelessly via Bluetooth or it can be tethered. Uh, so if you're getting shot at, uh, you can also get out of the vehicle. <laughs> and let, the, let the vehicle do its fighting for you, and we're going to demonstrate that for you today, which is going to be pretty cool. It is an autonomous, capable vehicle. Uh, we got remote control functionality that Brent is going to show you here in a second. But the last thing I'll leave you with, two things. Uh, its ability to export its energy density. We can push 15 kilowatts of power out the back end. So if you're a special operator, a soldier, a sailor, airman, marine, that's important. It's a big deal. You could be next to any mud hut in Afghanistan or Iraq, and you have a mobile portable generator with you that is the ability to export all that energy and power laptops, flat screen TVs, run run fire missions, et cetera. So that's a, that's a really uh, important feature. 
We are on a contract right now with the, the U.S. government uh, to produce a fuel cell variant of this vehicle. We're doing that right now. The, the integration's been a little bit slowed by COVID-19, but it'll be done, that project, by the end of summer. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna integrate two 10 kilowatt fuel cell stacks. The Army wants to see that to demonstrate range extension. So electric is good. You add a fuel cell, you go further, and you guys know that. Uh, so we're excited to show you this. Uh, if, uh, if you'd like to see the demo, Brent will... Uh, no, we're not interested. Uh, I think we have to leave now, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we got to hit Taco <laughs> Bell. My mom's calling no, me. I think, yeah, uh, of, I think course, we're in. of course we want to see it. Perfect. So, Brent, go ahead. Okay, now, wait a minute. Brent is sitting Brent at Brent is a, not uh, sitting in the vehicle, though. No, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Brent is sitting at a 4x6 four, four card table here with a uh, an Xbox steering wheel. So what this vehicle will do is we'll use encrypted Wi-Fi, uh, and, and as long as you're within what we call a line of sight, you can control the vehicle. And Brent's using, using a, a joystick uh, that, uh, or, or a Logitech steering wheel, essentially, something you would see, very similar to Xbox or whatever. But we can use that uh, via tactical controller where you could just pull it out of your pocket and a Special Forces soldier could, could control the vehicle that way. Now, how fast uh, can these go? Obviously, light tactical means pretty uh, much quick in and out. Yeah, I mean, we, we advertise that the vehicle is, is, is very quick, and we can control that via software. Uh, it, it can go 0 to 60 in under 4 seconds. So it's got a lot of capability. You know, to a certain extent, you don't want, you know, that can scare a commander, right? Yeah, visions but 18-year-old kids or 20-year-old right. kids out there. But the, or, but the cool thing is you can limit that. So there's almost a tr training continuum. If you don't want a, a soldier to be able to go out of the gate that fast, you can control it via software. Bring it down, and then, uh, then as he gets better and more skilled with the vehicle, uh, you can turn it up a notch so weird watching the steering wheel turn and the wheels out here uh, articulate with no one in the car no absolutely it's haunted. yeah i mean uh, we've uh, we've had this vehicle all over all over the country uh, demonstrating that capability uh, we also do a lot of, of drone launch and recovery off of this platform, uh, which is another attractive feature that the military is looking for. And you can actually recharge that drone uh, while you're moving. So there's a lot of companies out here now that want to see a vehicle that can land uh, drones while moving. Uh, so anybody can land a drone stationary, up and down, but while you're moving uh, in a vehicle, that's varsity level. Uh, so we've done a lot of integration with a lot of the top drone companies to provide that capability to the vehicle. So from communication architecture to drone powering to a remote weapon station, the vehicle becomes modular. Uh, and it's really left up to your imagination to plug and play uh, within our architecture what type of capability you're looking for. Now, Holman, this would look most similar to a Polaris Razor yeah, or like a, about a, in terms uh, of size and, okay, yeah, and a Maverick four seats. Yeah. Very similar, and light tactical uh, all-terrain vehicles have specs that they have to be under. For the most part, it's 62 inches or under, and it's to fit inside, uh, modular inside of other air aviation platforms. That was the original intent on this vehicle, and a lot of the uh, the other competitor products have those same type of capabilities. However, they're, they're ice, right? They're internal combustible engine, not electric. All right, so before we go for the ride, let's talk about the NZT, the black one over here. Sure, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, what? If, if you look at. Oh, did you want to talk? You want to talk? Who wants to do it? No, from a technical standpoint. These Michael, are, Andy, let's flip a coin. Who's up? Who's well, up? From a technical standpoint, these two vehicles are, are, are nearly the same. Uh, we do some modularity with the uh, with the Reckless variant to build it to, to mil-spec, what the military is looking for. And a lot of that is the, the modularity and the attachments that we put on and the capabilities that they're looking for. But from a powertrain standpoint, from a battery technology standpoint, from a software, vehicle controls, integration, it's, it's an identical vehicle. Okay. 
heading to Glamis in a couple weekends. I'm waiting until it gets really hot, so I'll just completely <laughs> melt. Yeah, exactly. But tell me how this guy out here is going to handle something like uh, Glamis or, or the, the dunes in Idaho. Well, we are, we are developing this product to be a true off-road vehicle in all of the dynamics environments that it uh, likes to play in, whether that's rock crawling, dunes, desert. Certainly uh, a vehicle of this uh, capability and performance and size is going to be really at home in the desert. But with that torque, it's going to uh, love the dunes. So we're, uh, we're excited to get people out on it in the dunes as well. Have you put paddles on? Have you tried? We have not uh, done that. Boo! <laughs> Come on now, what do you think that'd be the first thing I did? We have not done that in full testing, and in part it's because currently we're working off our alpha prototypes, but certainly as we are designing the production intent vehicle, uh, we're designing those types of elements uh, and use cases into that vehicle. Okay. And I want to touch on what Andy was talking about a little bit uh, from a platforming standpoint, uh, that obviously the Reckless and the military variant is based off of the state platform, mm -hmm. right? So you guys are familiar with that concept. And it may make sense, it's again, like before you experience Ford Explorer this. and a police interceptor. Sure. Same platform, different mission. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. And I want to back up a minute. I know Trevor talked about it a little bit on the previous podcast. I may have talked about it today, uh, but the purpose of the power sports business is really a passion play, right? So Trevor's an outdoor aficionado, loves the outdoors and the off-road. Wouldn't know by his Instagram handle. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, would you? He basically wants uh, to drive his own stuff. He does. And, uh, and as the story goes, he broke a belt and decided he wanted to electrify one of these things. And we call it a, our, our halo business, if you will, in there. It's a halo for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, it's a halo because at least this vehicle in this uh, architecture and configuration is an expensive vehicle. So it's limited production runs and ex expected to be the halo for our brand and demonstrate the performance and capability uh, of the vehicle, if Basically, you will. Basically, if it can be efficient and durable in that setting, it's going to be it's going to take that and be even better in a non-dirty, non-harsh environment, right? Exactly. And we are we are using scalable and modular technology so that obviously we can migrate that technology down into more of the core segments, if you will. And that um, goes back to Andy talking about stacking two 10 kilowatt fuel cells, for example, the modularity of being able to take either smaller ones and make a bigger one or build bigger ones and, and right size your fuel cell technology to the platform that you're working on? Exactly, I think that's another great example of it, or just making a more core-oriented uh, utility and or performance vehicle as an example to scale down that technology. Uh, the other aspect is that you know we really leveraged the investment in the truck technology, scaled it down, and we've used this platform to help demonstrate vehicle integration, controls, test our e-machines and our e-axles on a smaller scale, and we can do that faster and less expensively, and then obviously scale that back to the truck, right? So we're leveraging it down and leveraging it back up. Uh, and then obviously the other aspect of Halo is then to commercialize the technology in that platform and obviously monetize the business. So that's kind of the broad strategy as it relates to how we're leveraging the broader investment in truck, which is obviously the primary business, leveraging this platform to help prove out some early concept and technology, and obviously commercialize uh, and monetize the business uh, and in a passion play. The, uh, the toy that he wants. Exactly. <laughs> you know that he, he loves to play. So uh, price-wise, and then what's your vision for where I will purchase yeah, this? You know, that's uh, a really interesting question. And uh, so price-wise, so this will come in two configurations. So it will come in a traditional open configuration. And that price point will open up about $80,000, uh, depending on what options uh, the customers want. And the fully enclosed version that comes with HVAC. Uh, so the one that we saw in the showroom. The one that you saw in the showroom. That's and the production. The so that is a, uh, that's a, my dream sand car on steroids. Yeah. 
Exactly. We like to think of it that way as well, and that has HVAC, uh, torque vectoring, analog brakes, uh, full uh, electronic HMI. That'll be north of 90, upwards of $100,000. Again, think about it as a halo vehicle. It is the premium badass vehicle that uh, extreme enthusiasts are looking for, especially uh, that we expect to be the first mover, if not one of the first movers, particularly in that high of product. You know what, though? Um, when I'm thinking of... Hey, listen. Hear that? That's like gasoline. This is the first time vehicle. we've been here. How dare you ride that here? <laughs> Get out! This is the first time that we've heard an internal combustion engine in like the last two hours. I'm exactly. disgusted. I got so happy with how quiet things were here. I mean, right. what? what how dare that guy? Where can you buy one? You want to know where you can well, buy one? I do, yes. So from a distribution standpoint, uh, we want to look at things a little bit differently. We're watching the trends that are happening. Certainly as we've gone through this pandemic, more people are used to online service-oriented uh, types of touch points. So while we're not going to completely alienate a traditional dealer base, we're going to work from the service aspect back. And what I mean by that is certainly we will have ubiquitous service touch points because that's critically important to keep people riding uh, and up and running. Uh, but then as we work backwards, we want to control that customer experience more. So we will have a more direct B2C business model. Think of the marketing, some of the sales, but of course we will have some touch points, whether they are more retail pop-up like uh, that could be short term as much as two weeks for a key event or six months like we're seeing in retail these days in key locations and then of course we will augment that with some dealer channel partners uh a small number of them, not thousands All of them. All I'm hearing is that you're a really busy guy and you've got a big puzzle to figure <laughs> well, out. Well, we have a lot of people helping us out. We have our marketing it's team, like we have Tetris. our sales team. <laughs> but that, that's just it. We, we don't have uh, traditional legacy aspects of the product yeah. or the channel uh, that we have to deal with. So you're, op you're operating like a startup, as a startup should, in that you're, you're nimble. Yeah. Well, isn't that the intent, is, is to do just that. But obviously, we'll have channel partners. And then the last point of that is is that we'll likely have some demo fleets that can be used truly for demonstration for people that want to come and just test ride to see if they want to buy one. I'll borrow, I'll borrow one. In locations like, well, Glamis might be a location, Akatia Wells, some select ride destinations that are demos. And we may look to monetize that business in some way, shape, or form as well through some shared ownership or subscription model. So again, we are looking at things creatively uh, with the consumer in mind, working from service back to the demo and sales experience, of course. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited to go for a ride. So what do you say we uh, check these uh, microphones and uh, put on some helmets? Okay, I'm in. Okay, Holman, uh, we are wearing are helmets you, now. Are you holding a mic up to your helmet? Well, I was trying to put the mic under the helmet. It's not fitting. Like this? It goes through well, my beard if I do this do way. Don't do that. I don't want the mic in your beard. Hold on. <laughs> I assume people can hear us. The levels look okay. Uh, we're right, walking over to the... the front this time. You were in the front last time. So. Uh, okay, I'll sit in the back. All right, hold on. You're attached to a cable there. Yep. Where'd you guys find 35-point harnesses? <laughs> All right, All right. you got your mic over there? Yeah, I'm strapped in. All right. Let's fire this bad boy up. Oh, shit, Does it fire up? It's already up. It's already oh, up. it's already up. So he's got a big uh, screen in the center console. Zero kilowatts on each corner. Are it's you like holding your, is, uh, your, uh, your oh, shit. Handle. Are you holding that? Uh, am I? No, I'm holding the recorder. Oh, let me plant my feet somehow. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Oh, that's some torque. <laughs> oh, that's some torque. That's awesome. All right, so we're in the uh, open NZT right now, taking uh, joy rides around the parking lot. And you can feel just how powerful it is. Oh, that is yeah. gnarly. Man, it just gets on it.
and it's so quiet too. It really Sus does feel like a golf cart on steroids with way more wheel travel. The suspension is really soft and nice. Oh, he's gonna go, oh, look at that, over the Right over the planter box. Some gardener here at this uh, new Nikola headquarters would be very upset about that. <laughs> oh, well, that was just a teaser. Yeah, where's the one more planter box? One more planter box. One more time. One more time. One more. Yeah, hey, it works. Here we go. That never works. All right, Holman. Yep. Going for another lap. Yep. I want him to hit that curb again. That was great. He's going to go over the corner of the planter box. Go, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Suspension soaking it oh, and he hits the ding. So that was zero to 30, uh, five or so. So uh, that, that happened awfully quick. All right, I'm, I'm gonna go wow. ahead and say I'm a fan. That was fun. I'm a fan. Different driver modes, creep. Front wheel drive, rear Different wheel drive. regenerative braking, standard, low, and off, depending on what terrain you're in, and different pedal modes for mapping. So Holman, I don't know why our helmets are still on, but, uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm still pining for another ride. Yeah. You guys just brought us out here to tease us. That's what you did. Of course. That's exactly the intent. Get you out here, get you a little flavor, a little taste, and then want you to come back for more so yeah. that we can the next one will cost get us. on more podcasts. And of course, it's, there, <laughs> there you go. The, it's going to cost you future podcasts for more right. uh, free advertising I mean, uh, on our part. How's that? That's fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, it's going to have to be longer than that, though. I think uh, it should be double the length of the podcast episode. So like four or five hours at a time? I think so, in the desert. But <laughs> someone get Holman a larger helmet. This one's making his face look like a, uh, you look like a plush toy. <laughs> so let's get into the Badger. It's one of the main reasons why Holman and I came out. So what can you tell us that Trevor didn't? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, we're standing in, in front of a life-size picture of one on the wall. Is here. this actual size? It's pretty close. I, you know, I'm not, not exactly sure if this is actual size. I know that we blew it up, but I can't, I can't even tell you if this is life-size actual dimensions, and I can't tell you anything more than Trevor told you. <laughs> 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 okay. I can give you some context, right? Okay, um, sure. You know, and some of the context that I'll provide is, as we were out talking about the NZT and you were experiencing uh, that vehicle, uh, we talked about the scalability and the modular, modular, modularity, excuse me guys, uh, of that technology. And essentially, that's how we're leveraging our powertrain and our technology into Badger. Uh, so as we're developing the Badger, we're looking at that NZT skateboard. Um, and frankly, it's a ruggedized skateboard for the off-road environment, as you might expect. Uh, so it can handle the off-road terrain. And so while a production version of the battery pack and the e-axle uh, and that entire skateboard architecture will be somewhat different obviously sure. for the Badger than it is for NZT. Uh, we're taking inspiration uh, obviously from the NZT battery pack and skateboard including uh, some of the vehicle dynamics, suspension uh, that we were just talking about. Sure. We just had a, a fun wrap off Mike <laughs> uh, about shocks uh, yes. and uh, dampers Sorry, and vehicle dynamics. Is, uh, what we call embargoed. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, well, that was an embargo. That was you and I we can't really talk about because we we're, we're friends with all, we're self-embargoing. We're friends with all the shock companies right. so when we, we talk Smack on one, yeah. Or, yeah, we can't. We yeah. don't want them to know our true, uh, our true thoughts. No, but we had a lot of fun because when you think about it, uh, to that point, as we take the NZT that, as we were talking about a little bit, isn't a traditional UTV in part, not only because of its performance characteristics in terms of horsepower, but its weight. Uh, it's not classified as a traditional UTV in that sense. And because of that, the vehicle dynamic aspect
products are critically important. And again, how much over, how much more does it weigh than a typical uh, Razor? So a typical Razor Can-Am <coughs> performance vehicle is in the 2,000 pound plus or minus range. To be classified as a UTV, the weight restriction is 3,750 pounds. You guys are well aware of that. Uh, and this vehicle, our NZT uh, production version, is going to be about 5,000 pounds. Uh, oh, significantly more. So, so Trevor more. talked about it kind of being an in-between, right? In-between the, the Jeep and off-road market, the in-between between the UTV and power sports market. How do Absolutely. you guys classify it? How do you sell that to the consumer? Like, how's that going to be positioned? Well, I think the easy part is to sell it to the consumer, right? We've got to work through the regulatory environment and classifications, ROVA, CPSC, uh, et cetera. So I mean, it's almost I'll a, leave that separately, a, but. Not that, I'm not going to say that you're going to make it street legal, but you're almost going through the same things that would be required of a vehicle that needs to go through all those regulation hurdles. From a development standpoint, yeah. other than the NHTSA crash mm -hmm. type uh, development that we go through, uh, we do exactly that. From a safety and a performance standpoint, we certainly meet or exceed all rover requirements and we take inspiration from FMVSS for that vehicle because of exactly what you just said. So from a consumer standpoint, that's exactly the way we market it. We say this is a high performance UTV meets Raptor, mm -hmm. Jeep, Range Rover Tacoma type experience uh, with a fully electronic capability, torque vectoring, so supercar technology in this premium off-road vehicle, which what lends itself coming back to the Badger environment is it's got about the same performance, about the same vehicle dynamic characteristics as what a pickup truck does, uh, only that is designated for off-road only and sure. street legal only. We're allowed obviously for classification, but it just makes it a, a perfect application to lend our NZT platform to it. Now, as we've shown in the specs, our NZT uh, battery pack is 110, 120 kilowatt hours at production. Uh, the Badgers will be roughly 160 kilowatt hours. We'll finalize what that looks like uh, based on getting the range that we're looking for out of the Badger battery electric at 300 with fuel cell 600 plus or minus miles. But uh, again, wow. just to go back to, it's it's leveraging that scalable architecture. We have a ruggedized architecture for the off-road environment and it, it just the application to Badger makes sense for what we're doing here. And and it, it goes back to starting with truck, yeah. leveraging our platforms, leveraging our tech, and scaling it to the applications that people want. Did we uh, did we talk about the potential weight for the Badger, the truck? Or I don't think we. Yeah, I think we know uh, what it will be. Yeah, I think uh, Trevor mentioned in the last podcast time frame, but I won't hold it to it because I think that was before all the COVID. No, 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 craziness. no. It's physical weight. Oh, right. I thought you meant the weight. The GBW. No. Yeah, GBW. Yeah, we're not. Uh, so you're not you there yet. You're so gonna, yeah, you haven't announced if you're in the half ton category or three quarters. Correct. Time, no, so. we're not. We're not going to disclose that information. We know, as you guys have talked about on the podcast and we were talking about earlier, is the intent is for this to be a workhorse. Yeah. Uh, right. It's really to be work first. Hey, Lightning, look at the uh, rendering here. It would appear to have. Uh, oh, all the lug nuts are blacked out, so we can't, can't tell. See, yeah, I, can't I was hoping we would be guess able to cheat that way. Look, oh, I see it. Look at look, look at this. Well, yeah, that's because like, it's independent in the back. Yeah, coil springs. NZT it, is, uh, it will be independent, just like the NZT. So the NZT does not have trailing arm suspension. It is independent on all four corners, and of course, the Badger will be the same. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Do we need to go off air again, guys, <laughs> and have, get back in that rap session about oh, vehicle dynamics? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I wish people could see this home, and we have to take a photo of you and yes. I next to this because people will understand. We got to include Michael too, right? I mean, we, yeah. it'll be all of us. Sure, okay. E even with my shelter-in-place hairstyle that <laughs> yeah. I still have going hey, on, I, I have a shelter-in-place <laughs> beard right now. Shelter-in-place face. Right I'm now. in. I'm not worried about it. I'm all good. I I actually don't care that much about Nikolai. I just need an excuse to come to Arizona to get a haircut. <laughs> that was why I'm here. You have enough hair on your chin to yeah. cover both Michael and I's heads. 
And my head, also. <laughs> I'm actually trying to grow it long enough to be a comb over in the back as I'm trying to do that. Wow, okay. Anyway. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> another, another couple months of quarantine, and who knows what it's going to look like. Yeah. Well, right. Phenomenal well, facility yeah, and thank uh, you. inspirational products. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having out. I know Trevor had a chance to walk around with you, and that's been great. And as we did talk about, we're serious. Have you back out here when we get our beta vehicles ready to give you a real ride. Uh, and it won't be long after that or about that time that we'll have the Badger for you guys to see and uh, demonstrate as well. I know you guys are really looking forward to we're that. We're pumped. All right. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're excited. Thanks for having us yeah, out. We appreciate it. And, and like we're telling Trevor, it's awesome for uh, for you guys to uh, to say on the podcast. We want you to come out and then actually make it happen. So pretty, pretty man awesome. of his word. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate having you. And like we talked about, we'll have you back. Autobots, roll out. We roll. Oh, and so that happened. We did that thing. Uh, that was uh, pretty awesome. I, that might be uh, that ranks in the top five coolest things we've done since uh, since starting this podcast. Yeah, like I said before, um, man of his word. I think that goes a long way with us. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of fun, and they treated us to a good time out there. And I have never been in a, nor will I probably ever be in, a hydrogen-powered semi-truck again. You might. I mean, maybe. I mean, when, it's unlikely. when you lose this job, you might have to become a truck driver, and that maybe you'll be a truck driver of the future. You mean like next week? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, Holman, most of the vehicles that we just saw don't have gears. But for the sake of this, let's change gears. And it's an email. You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. Culver's is king. Subject line from Stephen Ring: Dear Thunder and Pullman. Wait, that's not even that's not even close to <laughs> no, my it's name. Not even. I don't. I mean, I, Pullman, Holman, I guess so. All right, I love the show, and I discovered you guys a week a few weeks ago before quarantine. Oh, so a new listener. Yeah, that's very cool. I've been listening to the latest episode every week and trying to catch up in between. I love the jingles and sing along to a lot of them. If I could rate you, I'd give you five stars. Well, now why can't he rate us? Uh, because he's maybe on uh. Google, An Android? I guess? Yeah, yeah, maybe something like that. Huh, okay, well, steal someone's iPhone yeah. and give us a five-star, dude. I would like to disagree with you guys on In-N-Out being the best. I've been into San Diego, and I've had it animal style, and honestly, a Culver's Butter Burger is better. I'd probably chalk it up to California pompousness, but I don't believe Culver's is in Cali yet. Here in Wisconsin, we know adding butter and cheese makes everything better. I do want to try out Wienerschnitzel, though, because you guys keep talking about it. Anyway, big Jeep guy here. Love your wide range of topics and guests especially, the old Hot Rod and Peterson's four-wheel and off-road magazine guys. Keep mounting those parameters. Mounter, monitor, key engine, parameters. From Stephen Ring, OPS. Do you still send T-shirts or stickers size XL? No, sorry. <laughs> um, I will. Uh, I don't think I've ever been to a Culver's, but uh, no, but but what you butter saying? and cheese sounds pretty good to me. So my mother-in-law, okay, whenever she would barbecue, the kids would go completely batty for her burgers. I'm like, what is she doing to these things? And one day, I was in the kitchen. And I saw her slathering butter on the mm. buns before she put the buns No, but they're on. putting the butter on the meat. Oh, is that true? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm all about butter and meat and cheese all together. Are you sure about that? Normally yeah. they put... Oh, really? Anybody can put butter on a bun. 
but only the really good ones put it on the meat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. All right, got one here uh, entitled Police Cars from uh, Justin Moyer. And uh, we were having a little discussion last episode about police cars. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Hey, Holman and Lightning. Uh, Yep, that's, uh, that's correct. Uh, I just finished listening to the episode where you talked about the new Tahoe PPV, a police pursuit vehicle. Mm -hmm. I have been a police officer for almost 20 years and a canine handler for over 15 of those. Uh, Okay, that's awesome. He's got a picture of his uh, canine partners here. Let me see. There you go. Oh, yeah, sure enough. Uh, I used to uh, I used to get to play with our uh, our canines, and uh, it was always awesome. Is that a euphemism? Uh, nope. Okay. I started out in 1996 Crown Vic and stayed in Crown Vic until 2011 when I got my first Tahoe. I'm currently in a 2019, absolutely love it for canine use, but I don't think anything will ever beat a Crown Vic. I cracked up when Holman brought up the front-wheel drive Impalas. There's a lot of guys I worked with who tried to kill those things so that we could get our rear-wheel drive cars back. I'm excited for the new upgrades on the Tahoe, but still think Ford royally messed up by discontinuing the Crown Vic. That thing was a tank. As for the new era of patrol vehicles, I think the Tahoe is best suited for officers because of the amount of room they have for equipment that is carried as well as for the officer, but the Explorer seemed to be doing pretty well also. Thanks for keeping me entertained during some long shifts. I've attached a picture of both my canine partners. The first was a single-purpose narc detection dog mm. that I worked until he retired, and the second is my current partner, who's a dual-purpose patrol narcotics detection dog. Keep up the good work. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And that was from Justin Moyer, Officer Moyer. Okay. And uh, he doesn't say what department he's from, but stay safe out there to all of our law enforcement friends. We uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, the word that rhymes with truck is the subject line from Justin here. Yes, I said it. I forgot it in the previous email that I had a little story like Lightning's 10 millimeter idea. So I had an idea to offer a, an entire set of 10 millimeter sockets. And Boxo beat you to it. Boxo beat me to it. Exactly. But no, I had the idea first, but I just didn't get off my fat ass and do it. So everyone's got an idea. It's those who execute that win. So Justin goes on to say, I was talking to a buddy of mine at the time who worked at a parts store. I brought up that I need to start researching and figure out a way to plug a device into the OBD2, but it needs to be Bluetooth to your phone. And well, you know, other features. He looked at me and they said, well, they have that dude. (laughs) <laughs> I said the word that rhymes with truck, and, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I got one here from Ronnie Chilton. Oh, by the way, the uh, the title of this one is Tahoe PPVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I seem to remember Lightning saying something last episode like, we don't have a lot of cops who listen to our show. No, I, did I, think, I, re- I didn't say I that. I think you did, and then I argued with you, and I said, no, have all of our officers out there report back, and here's another email. Mm. Okay, well, thank you for listening, guys. All right, says, uh, good again, in- another opportunity for me to enjoy being incorrect no for me to enjoy you being incorrect. no i'm enjoying being incorrect okay good i think it's fine uh good evening lightning and holman i heard you guys wanted a law enforcement perspective on the new tahoe ppv we've got a mixed fleet of older tahoes in the current gen tahoe ppvs as well as a mix of furred ppvs yes i spelled that intentionally I've always been a GM guy, so I was excited to see the improvements to the Tahoe. Bigger fuel tank, integrated rear camera, nicer interior, etc. But what came as a disappointment were the issues such as lifter tick, rod knock, and excessive oil consumption. Mm. It appears the long idle times put an added strain on the LT motors that GM hasn't ironed out yet. Also, the interior feels uncomfortable after a 8-12 to 12 hour shift. It's a bigger vehicle, but manages to feel way more cramped than the Explorer PPV. Hopefully the features and improvement you listed on the upcoming model will solve a lot of these issues. Stay safe. 
Ronnie Chilton, P.S. Tell Lightning that those little tires will catch as many just as easily. <laughs> and uh, again, Ronnie, uh, telling us to stay safe, but you stay safe out there, buddy. Appreciate it. I you. don't think you can keep up, dude. Those little tiny tires, they still light on fire at like 90 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys see this? Dot, 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 Titan from uh, Tyler Murphy. So he says, gonna have to give this truck zero stars. <laughs> Keep up the great work and five stars, guys. Now, here's the picture. Oh, thank you for the five stars, by the way. The <laughs> picture is a Titan, which we love. We love Titan. Of course, we That's love. the first gen. The problem with this Titan is the owner took it to Pep Boys. <laughs> and raided the uh, chrome stick-on badge uh, aisle? No. He fed Pep Boys bad sushi and it threw up the chrome section on this. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> yes. I will tell you that uh, that truck has every chrome uh, doodad sticker and even a Transformer logo stuck to it. Why does he have both an Autobot and a Decepticon logo? Those are like, don't they brawl? I, I think so. Maybe it's a, a house divided and his uh, his mm. wife's a Decepticon fan and he's a, uh, tr- I don't, no? No. All right. I, was, I don't think that works. No? Huh. All right. Well, here's what I think of that. <laughs> uh, I got a pretty interesting one here that says 52 Cummins Diesel. If you'll uh, recall, I had a chance to visit our friends at Cummins at the end of last year, and we got to see their race cars from the Indianapolis uh, races and huge part of uh, the history of Cummins. And Bruce Watson, the historian, spent some time with us. Yeah, if you guys are into Cummins, go back to that episode. That is a uh, it's a treasure trove of Cummins history. Oh, yeah, it, it was awesome. Anyway, he says, uh, this is from Steve Marks, and he says, Hello, folks, and Bruce Watson. So, of course, the historian for Cummins. My dad was the lead engineer on the 52 Cummins diesel car. Shut the front door. And he sends this picture of a bunch of Cummins uh, employees, and it says uh, December 4th, looks like 1951. It says, Dad is the young guy in the hat. He threw the engine on its side and designed the fuel system. Freddie used to come to our house. Just wanted to thank you all for your work on this beauty. Steve Marks, my dad was David Marks. Please let Bruce Watson know. So I'll, I'll pass this on to Bruce over at Cummins. I'm sure he'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, but, uh, that. yeah Steve, thanks so much for uh, for sharing that with us. We appreciate it. Dear Lightbar and Holman. <laughs> Lightbar, Lightbar is, uh, is t- starting to take off. Yeah, but it's funny because you always have a new name. I only have a name half the time. Well, you had Pullman. Yeah, but or, that's or pull bar or something. I don't know what you're doing. Pull bar, push bar, <laughs> push bar. <laughs> yeah, that's good. This is a cop segment, so yeah, we'll, we'll go, I'll go with uh, push bar, light bar, and push bar. <laughs> I don't think that, no, that <laughs> that's maybe not work. doesn't work. Maybe not. I uh, hope you and your family are doing well with this mandatory house arrest. I'll laugh out loud. Anyway, I love the show and I've been religiously listening since episode one. Thank you. I just listened to the Von Gitten episode and wanted to chime in about my biggest regret: selling the best truck ever. A 78 Jeep J10 short bed. Oh, so awesome. I had a mild rebuilt AMC 360, 410 in both Dana 44s, Detroit locker rear, e-locker in the front, spring over lift, 33 by 12s, 50R15 Goodyear Kevlar MT tires, homemade front and rear bumpers, and I had a donor AMC era Cherokee that I stole the front seats and steering wheel out of that matched perfectly with the factory color interior of the J10. Unfortunately, due to the economic crash of 09, I either had to sell the Jeep or my tuned 2001 GMC Sierra LB7 Duramax extended cab long bed. Well, you can always get another Duramax truck. Hard to That's find those I, uh, I was Jeep say, pickups. Man, you know, you know, I love me some Duramax, but. 
that GMC's got to go if if yeah if that's the choice. Yeah. Now I have a '98 Ram 1500 4x4 with a five inch lift and 35 inch Falcon MTs, four tens Detroit locker rear, and love the show. Keep up the great work and. Five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Sincerely, Gilbert from Las Vegas. Oh, P.S. How come there's no love for second gen Ram trucks? Says who? I don't know who I, says I, that. I, I love second gen Ram yeah. trucks. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, nobody said that. Yeah. Yeah, Gilbert, I'm throwing your email away. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I got one here from uh, Chris Paul, and he says, Lightning and Holman. Well, actually, the uh, title is Picking Up My First Truck, exclamation, 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 flying and road tripping during a pandemic part one. Okay. All right, so here we go. Lightning and Holman, I write to you on a plane with seven people as I fly from Boise to Northern California to pick up my first truck. I was uh, one of my buddies, someone I work with, was on a plane, and he was the only passenger. That's great service right there. That is an awful waste. Can I have seconds on the meal? You know how much fuel they're wasting? Do you know how many Cheez-Its you can have? (laughs) All of them. (laughs) Yeah, right. All right. uh, I wrote into you guys almost two years ago when I took my solid axle-swapped H3 on 40s to Ultimate Adventure. I do remember him. says, I pride myself in driving my rig thousands of miles, wheeling and driving home, as do I. I like to wheel and not uh, tow trailers. I hate towing trailers. Just, just, Yeah, well, I think it's 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 impressive when you can go Brody out in the dirt and uh, in the same vehicle that you drove there. Yeah, that's I think that's part of the fun, part of the challenge. He says I've been doing it since day one, and with that said, I need a better sleeping setup. I'm getting pretty tired of sleeping in a tent for over eight to ten days at a time on longer trips. RVs that are ready to tow a heavy rig are expensive, and every time I go out to the desert, all my friends' RVs get ridiculously stuck. I can't tow a decent sized camper with my H3, and I don't want to tow doubles. I need a solution and found one. A 2000 Ford F550 with a 7.3. Yes. Factory 488 gears and a Dana S135. Think semi truck size axle. It's a crew cab and has a 16 foot flatbed, which is awesome because yeah. then you can put the H3 on that and you don't have to tow. Says the, the wheelbase is 201 inches and has a payload of 10,000 pounds. On the bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's awesome. says the rear leaf pack is taller than both your stomachs combined. Well, hey, well, that's, that, was a, that was a swipe yeah. if I ever heard and one. And by the way, it's uh, true. Uh, it's a two-owner truck with 380,000 miles. The plan is to put the H3 on the flatbed and tow a 20 to 24-foot camper or get a 60-foot camper on the flatbed and tow the H3 on a trailer. To solve the 4x4 problem, I'm immediately driving it to SoCal to meet up with some friends and pick up a Super Duty 60 10-leg with 488s for cheap. Then go back to NorCal to pick up my brother's 110 Jeep, which needs some maintenance. Then back to Boise. This should go terribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So so follow along for part two coming in a day or so. And you know what, Chris? How dare you? Because uh, either something went terribly wrong or you forgot to write us part two. Well, dude, you should have been sending us photos along the way. Yeah, I'm thinking he's, uh, he's no longer with us. Oh, you think it went that wrong? Yeah, I think I think that's just you know. No, I think it's the opposite. I think it went so easy that he just was like, nothing to write nah, home about. Nothing. Nah, he's just sipping on a Red Bull, just cruising and just listening to the radio and podcasts and yep. stuff. And I'm verifying right now mm-hmm. in our email account, no part two, Chris. So I'm either concerned for your well being because I care about each and every one of our listeners, or you're dead to us. 
<laughs> or just dead. Yeah. Hopefully it didn't go that bad. All right, if you got something to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Now, we didn't get to it in this episode, but we do have the five-star hotline, which we would love to hear from you on. 657-205-6105. 657-205-6105. If you can't remember the number, simply go to at truckshowpodcast on our Instagram. Go to the bio and click the call button. Leave us a message, and we're going to play it. Six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. On Instagram, he's at LBC Lighting. I'm at Sean P. Holman, and we are at Truck Show Podcast. Also on Facebook, and uh, we're on Twitter, but we're not going to tell you what that one is. <laughs> Again, stop it, dude! You just—it's like All a right, magnet. It's, it's, it's fine, fine, fine. It's at Truck Podcast. Okay. Don't do it again. <laughs> I mean, do I have to put up like a whiteboard that says "Don't say Twitter"? No, but I mean, we're just trying to get people to converse with us. They got our email. They're not they got our phone we, number. I don't. I've got never, our Instagram handles. Not once have I ever looked. They've at got Twitter. our uh, our social. Come on, let's let's go. Let's talk. Let's have uh, let's have some conversations. Just don't talk to us on Twitter. Yeah, because we won't answer. No. <laughs> All right, but you know who will answer? Nissan. Yeah, the Nissan dealership. Give them a call. Head over to the website nissanusa.com. You know, if you tweet Nissan, they will tweet you back. I know because I've done it. But you don't use Twitter. You just outed yourself. No, uh, this is... You know, you just completely outed yourself. Hold on a second. Uh Uh-huh. I did this several years ago. Okay. There was a Nissan promotion that we did at the radio station. Okay. And I had to tweet them for something, and Uh I thought, they'll never respond. And within 90 seconds, they tweeted back. It was... I was stunned and delighted. All right. Well, if you want to buy a product from a company that will tweet you back... You want a Nissan Titan, a Titan XD, a Frontier, or any uh, any one of their awesome NV vans. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the market for a phenomenal storage box, it's not really fair to call it a box. It's more of a solution. They've solved the problem of stuff rolling around unsecure in your truck bed or in your van. Twin drawers that slide in and out smooth as silk. They lock. They're weatherproof. And you can put 2,000 pounds on top. Not only do they solve those problems, but it's a... System that will never corrode on you. If you want an awesome truck bed system, head over to decked.com. I forgot about that. It's either plastic or stainless steel. You're right. There's no corrosion. No. You just leave them in the back of your jalopy and look, your truck will fall apart around the deck system. <laughs> and then you can put it in your next truck. <laughs> yes, you can. I didn't think about it. It's like an heirloom. Yeah, I guess so. You know, uh, with it being all UV stable and all, you can just leave it to your children when, you, uh, when you're done. Hey, uh, Holman, do you... Uh... Why don't we wrap up here? Because I need to step out for a moment. Uh, yeah, this is the end of the show, so uh, you're you're back to your own time now. Yeah, because uh, remember uh, that that uh, food we were eating on the way back from Phoenix? Oh no, it's the chili dog, isn't it? That's the one. <laughs>